No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, my house is in my name, so probably would have went to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's try. We might not be on user. It's done. It's just gonna be the way it's gonna be. We are live for our special show tonight with that man, Mr. Collins Style, joining us from the lovely sunshine state of Arizona, not FLA. I want to welcome you to the Michigan BMX Podcast Show, live from the BMX or Kevco BMX Studios here in the busy metropolis of Heartland, Michigan. Tonight, we bring you a Friday Night Live tonight. I'm going to be your host, along with uh, Paul and Melissa. Paul is coming in remote, along with Colin. He is over in the Bertucky land of Michigan. Colin's coming in from Arizona, and Melissa's across the desk from me. So tonight's show is a little different than our regular format, and I want to welcome you guys all in that are coming in right now. We are, depending on you guys, to bring us lots of questions in the chat room. And if you've got them uh, and you want to send them in uh, via text to my phone, if you know my number, go ahead. Sorry, Colin's distracting me. Yeah, as he always does. Um, And uh, if you uh, have questions, you can text them to me, call, send them in, whatever you want to do. However you do, but we're going to count on you guys. We might even take some phone calls. I don't know yet. The Ronies are on Twitch. Ronies, (laughs) our one Twitch follower, is on. He is on all right. Yes. Paul, say hi. Damon's on. Hey. How's everybody doing? There he is. Just finished up his uh, PB&J sandwich. Roman yep. Remington. Yeah. Mr. Daddy, Roman. <laughs> Roman <laughs> Remington. Uh, we, yes, might watch, we might watch that again. Uh, <laughs> Colin, say hi to everybody. Hi. There he is. <laughs> The man, the myth. It's not delivery. It was DiGiorno. (laughs) (laughs) After dinner tonight. Yes. We, well, Paul, we had a repeat of Wednesday night because the little one came home. So we had a repeat of the same. uh, uh, Are you, are you going for a terrifying look, Colin? (laughs) 
try to do like uh, the old Conan O'Brien in the year 2000 with used to have the microphone or the oh flashlight. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> my flashlight, you know, also known as an iPhone. Also known as a tape measure. Uh-huh. Also known as everything. There's a thing about Area 51 where they're saying that the moon landing was a hoax, you know? Yes. Or something like that. There's more computing power in this iPhone than there was in what we had to land a dude on the moon. I can believe it. Oh yeah, amazing. You know what? You know what blows me away is speaking of that. How when you think right now how we make phone calls all the way back then, <clears throat> they were able to talk to them in this spaceship. There was a delay though. I don't care. That's still crazy. <laughs> they talk to somebody on the moon from here in whatever year that was. I probably yeah, should well, know that. Speed of sound versus the speed of light. Yeah. So. They had they had technology that they could talk to people in space in '69. Yep. Yeah. And people are worried right now that that they 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 can't track you. <laughs> well, there is no such thing as privacy today. Like, hey, uh, I'm against the government, but I'm going to make some posts on Facebook that uh, GPS. <laughs> right? Nobody will see. Nobody will know. G- <laughs> it GPS uh, co- co- collects everything here. I'm I'm anti anti government. <laughs> Tempe, it's Friday. There we go. All right, my man. We're already off the rails. We're talking government conspiracy. <laughs> you know, I grew up yeah. in the three, two, one. Uh, yeah. So, how many, uh, how many launches did you see? Oh, it's hard to count. Mm-hmm. I was at the first ever space shuttle launch. We were really. I missed. That's impressive. In yeah. '86, when the Challenger blew up, we went outside after, but we weren't actually because I grew up in Satellite Beach. Satellite Beach. That's Cape not spooky. I, I grew up 20 miles south of uh, Cape Canaveral in the area code three, two, one. So have you ever seen my oh, three, my two, goodness. one area code? You know they're from the Space Coast because it's three, two, one liftoff. Okay. So that's where I came from. And so at, when I was going through school, we would always have our fire drills around the space shuttle launch. Fire drill would go up, space shuttle would take off. You'd see it. You'd see the little flash. you see a flash after about 45 seconds, a minute after it took off. And you could kind of see two little specks of the, of the rocket boosters coming down. You looked real hard bell would go off we'd be walking back in and then you would start to hear it so it was about a minute after minute and a half after you saw it we'd start to hear it. that's how far away i lived in three oh wow. there, you know? wow we talked but, about yeah, that we went outside after the elementary schools north of us they all got the fire drill that day and they saw it blow up on takeoff we were we were still in our classroom and a teacher came in and said i know we were watching out. it yeah we were watching it yeah i, yeah, I watched it up here in the 810 <laughs> that's the Flint. That's that is uh, that is AKA Dayton family's own eight one zero. Does eight one zero mean dirty water? Um, oh, too that, soon, it, it, too it, soon. Years. Yeah, I thought maybe. Right. I would have uh, thought some of that stimulus money would have had something in there to finally fix but that. It's fourteen hundred pages. It could be in there. <laughs> All right. Dude, that's like my father's grandfather's grandfather's plumbing, dude. You know, yeah. you know what I just realized. Yeah, I mean, that stuff is old. It's buried. It's it runs under where the shops used to be and stuff. We you know, so that's a bad mess. We have two of the big biggest storytellers. I didn't even. I, 
Colin, you may have met your match, by the way. Like, hey, Paul, I'm, I'm down. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so, 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 Paul and I will take. Paul and I will take. Paul and I will take the two-hour drive over to uh, uh, Rock City from from around our area, and I don't know if I get a word in sometimes. Oh come on now! <laughs> <laughs> you probably don't even you know say, uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Oh it's, yeah. It's funny because his his niece that races and uh, the anyone else that's piled in the truck, they get in and they're like headphones because Justin and Paul are going to start talking government and other BS. All right, so uh, let's start this. First of all, I want to thank you, Colin, for jumping on uh, and, and coming back and joining us. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. And, uh, no problem, man. We I always have some... Yeah, well, yeah, you know I what? I saw I saw what you nothing had to do in that pump track you were riding the other day. Uh, it's more a bike park, not it's, quite a it's it's really sweet. We don't have anything quite like that out here. We got a really nice mm-hmm. pump track, but not nothing like that. That was really cool. Um, yeah. But again, thank you for jumping in and doing our Friday night live, which we're going to do until pretty much the uh, our quarantine is lifted. So, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> quarantine. We uh, Melissa and I, we don't believe in that kind of stuff. We just, uh, we just <laughs> it's on your side. We just roll right here. <laughs> we we bring it in nice and filthy. Here it is, right there. Well, we're at. We, we, live, we, together. we live together, so it's okay. So, and besides, this is very antiseptic, is what I've been told. Yeah, man, I've been hand sanitizer, and anytime I go to a, a medical <laughs> office, they always have the hand sanitizer yeah. there. I got my alcohol, just put it on my hands, rub it up, make sure I'm clean. They're not, I'm they're not sticky by mail. now. What's that, Paul? I said I'm paranoid to go get my mail. <laughs> like I say it carries on paper and cardboard, you know. So, hey, yeah. Well, Colin's close to being the mail guy. He he's out there ripping for uh, what is it? Uh, Amazon. Not, Amazon. Amazon thanks. Yeah. Delivering smiles. Delivering. <laughs> Interesting thing. Do you know why the smile goes from A to Z? On the Amazon logo, I do. I do. He knows. <laughs> I knew that already. <laughs> we uh, we, uh, we pretty much keep this part of the state in business. This for neighborhood, this, at yeah, least. for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. We're gonna come right back, and we're gonna get to it. Uh, we're gonna get back on the BMX subject here. You guys, hang tight. We'll be right back. Hey, Metro Detroit, it's time to experience the coolest store you've never been to. Magic Motorsports in Waterford. Discover over 40,000 square feet of savings. From motorcycle parts, accessories, and service, to hoodies, coats, jackets, and sunglasses from Oakley and Spy, and so much more. Looking for that perfect gift? You'll find it here. Get big discounts on everything every day. We also carry the area's largest selection of BMX bikes and accessories. And we change motorcycle tires while you wait. Magic Motorsports on Dixie Highway, just west of Telegraph in Waterford. All right, we are back. Welcome back. Colin, say something so they know you're there. Do you know if uh, Magic Motorsports has any Corona Teen specials going on yet right now? No, they do not. They, they I don't. would think everything would be, like, discounted, you know? You're going to be corona at home. Might as well get some cheap uh, stuff, stuff for your bikes and motorcycles and gear, you know? I don't know if they're even, you know, it's a sad thing. I'm not sure if they're open. Well, I think they're allowed oh, to what? be. 
Yeah, I don't because they're yeah, I'm not a bike sure repair shop or yeah. You know, that kind I of think thing, they can but. be, but I'm not 100 percent sure if they are. I, I hope they paid up front for their commercial that you just had there, you know, because they might not have money to pay for the commercial later. Uh, well, they're pretty much paid for the year. Paul's <laughs> <laughs> okay. back. That was a quick smoke break. It was. It, yeah, it's trying to. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Small got him. Yeah, says, it is what it is commercial. at this point. It just yeah, is. I gotta wait for the truth commercial to take a real small break. Yeah, that one's the minute long one that always gets us in jail at uh, uh, YouTube. You gotta tell it. Damon's oh, on, right? You gotta tell Damon. I got. He's got to get a. He's got to do a new one for us because uh, it always gets pinged for copyright. Damn. Yeah, they're uh, they're 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 rough. Oh, they're on it like blue bonnet, man. <laughs> all right so is it like like butter yeah yes yeah. everything's better with blue bonnet on it really yeah that's what the commercial told me in the 80s okay <laughs> so all right with blue bonnet on it your youtube's working too by the way is it all right so uh part of the well, we got Colin on here for us. We want to talk a little bit, not uh, just specific to the Michigan BMX scene, but, you know, we're going to kind of talk about all topics here. So one of the topics we wanted to bring up, uh, we want to kind of t- chat, get Colin's perspective and Melissa's and, and Paul's and any of you guys in there in the in the chat, you, you guys got, you got questions, you got comments, let us know. But, you know, Colin, uh, what do you see that's uh, going to happen to the BMX scene, the BMX realm everything all knowing bmx after the corona everything calms down how long do you think that's going to be what do you think that's going to look like once that happens i hope i'm wrong i really truly hope i'm wrong but things aren't going to look too good i mean it's it's going to be rough it's good it's i don't know i I don't want to think about it too much i've been thinking about it a lot but I mean, Corona team is going to ball stuff up. The national sanction is going to be hurting for dough right now. Are people going to start racing locally? Maybe, perhaps that could be the silver lining is that more people race locally because they don't want to, they don't have the money to go nationals. Because the thing is, ultimately, a lot of people aren't working right now. And a lot of people, sorry to tell you this, but if you don't work, you don't get a paycheck. You don't get a paycheck. You can't buy stuff. You can't spend money. You can't. And then if a bunch of people aren't having a paycheck, then they're not buying stuff, which keeps other jobs going. You know, like right now I deliver packages for Amazon. I guess I'm considered essential Mm -hmm. because I deliver stuff. I'm hopefully I can stay essential, but I mean, is there going to be a time when I don't have any packages to deliver because nobody has any money to buy Amazon stuff so I can deliver the smiles there, you know? try my best to deliver smiles hopefully people still have money to deliver smiles but i mean uh it, it's gonna be we'll know a lot more in a month from now mm-hmm. you know rail the berm just brad decided to kind of filter off of that because you know him and his wife own a hair salon and they're shut down so uh, he's like dude yeah. like rail the berm's cool and all but i gotta make sure i can make my house payment i gotta figure out something there so he's like, yo, I got to put rail the berm on the back burner. So on the front burner, I can keep my house and do everything else. Yeah, it's kind of essential. Yeah, you definitely yeah. need a studio. 
definitely kind of essential, you know? So it's like a lot of people are going to put BMX on the back burner. I know that, you know, riding your bike is fun and it's awesome and all, but, you know, eating is more important than being able to ride your bike. I know that's hard to believe, but, <laughs> you know, a PB and J, right, Paul, can go a lot yeah. further than, <laughs> than perhaps, you know, your bike can get you doing doing a little air out, you know? So I think, I think Paul, for people who don't know, Paul was eating a PB and J before <laughs> we started taping. Didn't I think time. he's just training for quarantine, <laughs> really. <laughs> You know, true story. <laughs> I remember hearing stories. Greg Lanthorne won some money at the World Championships in '87, and he decided to go on a trip. And he's like, "I got a loaf of bread, a jar of peanut butter, and a jar of jelly. I gotta make it last all week." So he was prepping for it, you know. Yes. So, uh, for those of for those that don't know, Todd Lanthorne is Greg Lanthorne or Greg. Sorry, at, uh, Greg Lanthorne. He's GL. Still races BMX. He won. 1987 Worlds, he was on the podium behind Eddie King and Gary Ellis, the World Championships in Orlando. And uh, he currently works for Sparky, Sub Rosa. Oh, yeah. Okay. He was, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Because I, I, Sparky's distribution and then Sub Rosa and Shadow, it's all the same company, but he's mm-hmm. like a project or a, or a parts manager there. And, uh, you know, he's lived the BMX lifestyle for a while, and he understands, man, a loaf of bread, jar of peanut butter, and jelly will take Paul over through through the whole next week. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that certainly would. So So what are are things going to look like when the whole corona team's done? Yeah. I have no idea. It's scary to think about. I mean – is it going to be a month until we can start going back outside again? Is it going to be two months? Right. That's the most important factor is longevity of it. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if we could end this in two weeks, everything's going to come back in a month and things will be okay. If it's going to be four, six, eight weeks, BMX could be totally screwed, especially all the northern tracks. They can only race six months out of the year, you know? You guys know up there in Michigan – yeah, right. oh, we season. do. Well, if you lose half that season, you might only have two months worth of racing. Yeah. Can local tracks make enough money in two months to be able to sustain to 2021? Well, I, I, I think, uh, you know, I think you and I kind of touched on this a little bit. You know, this year, you know, it this 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 happened early enough that tracks don't have like the money already set out for concessions and trophies a lot of your upfront costs now i do lost it yet and so that hasn't been lost yet but that is you know you figure you're going to try to go if if this year's wiped off you know you're looking at another 15 18 months before you start up that is a long time and uh depending on your utilities you know if you're in contract for your internet and and things and phones and whatnot you know that could be a pretty big draw You, you have a very good point um so once, uh, you know, it's, it is scary because, you know, I, I, I hear that we had talked about that and, you know, the, there are tracks I 100% believe would not be able to make it. And a lot of it has to do with that they won't have those big races this year. Right. So they won't have a state qualifier or maybe it's the, they're here for a gold cup or 
maybe they had some other things. I know, like, out on the West Coast, you guys got the, uh, in California, what is it called? The four-track shootout thing, the big the big deal? four-star series. You know, something similar to that. Like, they might not have that to get them through. And, you know, that, that's kind of scary. You know, hopefully, uh, not that we're big trendsetters here in Michigan, but maybe they can, uh, you know, mm-hmm. kind of follow suit, band together, and help each other out. I mean, this is the time that, you know, that can be a big thing. We can help each other out if that happens. Uh, I do. We got a question? Oh, well, Dennis just brought up a good point. He said, you know, talking about the racing, just staying on top of your conditioning is going to be really restricted even yeah, on top of right. that. You know, you're you're going to be sitting around using rollers and if you even risk heading outside. So even getting back into racing in a couple months, like how yeah. people are going to come out of hibernation, if you will, not quite as conditioned as they went into it. That was Dennis, the track Dennis Yabera mm-hmm. that's Dennis Yabera the track operator from Richfield Park where Paul is actually the president there so I didn't really even thought down to a level as far as uh, a rider you know uh, getting back in you know getting your racing legs in underneath you especially somebody chasing sure nationals and all sorts of stuff I mean at this point what do you think the national scene would look like if it fired up all things go perfect and we get an all clear to go back to normal life in Let's be realistic. June? My opinion? Yeah. Earliest. That's the earliest. So I mean, and that's... Best case scenario, June 1st. Yes. Whatever the first national is, June 2nd, whatever that weekend is. How many people are going to be at that race? I don't know if many people yeah, are. I think it'll be Slim Pickens. Yeah, it'd be tough to travel depending on Well, Kyle, uh, what's even... Colin brought up a good point the other night. Uh, finance. I mean... Right. <laughs> You go a few months where yeah, that's two months from now. Yeah, who knows what you're gonna do, how you're gonna make it. Like, yeah, that's 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 big time. You I, know, and that's the thing. It's like, I mean, are people gonna be all afford to go? They might want to go. Like, hey, I'm dying to race, and they might put on a credit card. But if you don't have the money to go, you don't have the money to go. Yeah, you know, that's a biggie. So Todd, yeah, brought- that's why I think locals are gonna end up like you know kicking up a little bit because everybody can afford the 10 or 15 you know for a trophy race you know more than likely right that Todd Ditch on the chat was kind of saying that too he says you know I think things will be slow at first nationally but locals with beginner leagues and people biting at the bit to get out of their local and state scene will will blow up eventually so he's sounding hopeful you know and, and going back to the whole idea of tracks you know in 2011 this guy, Gary Aragon, who was running the NPL at the time, tried this all-you-can-race program, which failed horribly, and the NBL went under, but there was a lot of fringe tracks that we lost. I mean, we've lost yep. about 30 tracks, net, net loss from 2011 to today, and a lot of those were lost because they couldn't pay the bills to make it through the end of the year to make it to 2012. That was a That's joke. I hope that number. we don't lose a lot of BMX tracks. That's where... If you're on a city park or like a nonprofit working with a city government, you might be better off. But if you're a privately owned track, you might not be able to make it to next year as far as that goes. And, you know, there's a, there's a saying that we have nationals have become the new locals. <laughs> and the reason why nationals have become the new locals is because people want competition. Yes. And a lot of times the only way you can get competition is going to a national. Mm-hmm. You go to a local or even state races, sometimes you don't even make a class. Yeah. You know, so you're waiting to get a class, whereas if we could get a class at these local races, like, that's where BMX could, that that could be the silver lining. If you go out to a local track, 
and do a skate race and not have to spend a crap load of money. You know, that's where growing up in Florida, the, the Florida State Series back in the NBL days, the third biggest race that the NBL sanctioned every year was the Florida State Championship. Yeah, we explain that a little bit deeper. The biggest race that NBL would sanction was the NBL Grants. Second biggest was Christmas Classic. Oh, President's Cup. (laughs) President's Cup, Christmas Classic. Third biggest was the Florida State Championship. So the Florida State Championship was bigger than any other national that wasn't the Grands or the Christmas Classic. No. That's huge. And that's the thing is people could. And the reason, one reason that the Florida State Championship was so big and so successful is you knew going to the State Series, you were going to get a class. Yeah. You were going to get competition. Sure. You were going to get novice and intermediate. You were going to get quarters in your classes. If you were 8 to 13 years old, you were getting quarters. If you were in the expert class, you got semis. You go to a race and get semis, whether you win or lose or make the main, don't make the main, you still know that there's – you got you got competition like it's fun you go to a state race and there's total points three riders what's your motivation to go to the next state race it's you know it's and that's where things go up you know like (laughs) paul said maybe local racing will get better but i don't know if there's an infrastructure and logistics for people to go to a state race i go to a bunch of state races selling shirts i've been to probably in the last year and a half, two years, I've probably been to 50 different state races, state qualifiers, state championships. And very rarely do you get like more than eight riders in a class. Yep. But if we could get eight riders in a class or more, and you have a main event, you have that, then people are going to want to do that. You know, you got to, you got to be able to, to people want quality competition. I think we got it. And that's why everything's gone that way. And if you guys can keep things going in Michigan, you can get that quality competition without having to go around the country and get a plane ticket, do everything. You know, you can work Monday through Friday, take off Friday night, race qualifier Saturday, one Sunday, be home Sunday night, go back to work. And if you get five to 10 kids in your class and it's worth all worth right. doing it, I'm hoping that can happen. Did we have another question? Well, Mr. Salisbury, I think brings up a good point. He said, Excuse me. He feels like it's a going to be hopefully a great opportunity to recruit some new kids who are missing out on the baseball, soccer, track seasons yeah. that aren't going to happen this year because kids aren't going to end up going back to school, and so maybe that'll actually lead to some growth. It's, is that Charlie? Our yeah, he's our IT guy for the show. But Correct. the thing is, is getting the word out to those people. Very good point. Yeah, that's the biggest thing I find is so many people just don't even know that it happens anymore. I mean, like back in the 80s, you know, they had McDonald's commercials and, you know, strawberry honeycomb commercials. BMX was just everywhere. Everybody knew what was going on. And it's like now I talk to many people, you know, you know, Richfield's in Davison. And I talk to people from Davison and they don't even know that there's a track there. I mean, that happens. BMX is the best kept secret in youth sports. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's yeah, true. Yeah, that's for sure. 110%. That's, well, hopefully. That's a shame. But it's how do you get these kids, you know, how do you get the big word out because it's like everybody's got an opinion you know should we use social media do you know television commercial you know radio whatever you have been or you know need to be done but it's just it, that's to me that is the biggest issue is that just there's not that competition because they're all at home playing xbox well hopefully these yeah. beginner leagues 
that everybody wants to get started yeah. could have something to do with that. Yeah, I think we could uh, chime in on your chime in in the chat with your uh, you guys's ideas on um, you know exactly what you think uh, could be done to capitalize on that time frame when this all settles. You know, we're thinking uh, optimistically. You know, June first and. What do we do as tracks and what do we do as, uh, you know, even riders to help out and get get more people involved? If you guys are just joining in right now, thanks for joining the Michigan BMX Podcast Show for our Friday Night Live segment tonight. We have Colin Stiles joining us again. He uh, is in here from uh, Arizona this evening. And uh, also we have Paul, our sound guy, joining us from his house this evening. So again, thank you both for jumping in here tonight. I know Chris is watching from home, and uh, so is Jay, our, our video guy. They're both sitting at home tonight, kind of taking it in, relaxing. I want to say thanks for everybody joining us this evening. I do appreciate the extended screen time, Justin. Well, see, what happens is is it's set so when you guys talk, yeah, you, it kicks back and forth. Uh, oh, okay, so yeah, as long as nobody chimes. Well, oh, yeah. so, so you always the get the last word, I. Paul. You yeah. always take the last word. You'll always be the one on it's the like a, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody gets to see my pretty face. Yeah, it's like right. when you argue with... It's like so we're when we're all doing our part to uh, Corona team. That's we're it. all in our own little areas, except for Justin and Melissa. You guys are, you got to split up a little bit more. You're, you're more than six feet. You're too close. You got to get six feet. But Paul's doing a great job. He's at home. I'm at home. We get yeah. transmitting Corona to each other. We're practicing safe talk show that's right safe, safe. well Ch charlie had made a comment here that that at rock city indoor they had at one point in time talked about kicking around open the indoor for like maybe three families at a time for a couple hours kind of doing like a, a book it a sign up but with the stay-at-home mandate that kind yeah, of eradicates that probably went right out the window that's a great idea so yeah. um so I think, uh, you know, let us know what you guys think, uh, what you guys... I do have another question if you want oh, to change perfect. the subject. Yeah, change, uh, yeah. That was, I was going to transition. move the subject. We, yes, perfect. Take the question, um, we'll transition. Okay, different. so Carl was kind of wondering what Colin's thoughts about uh, the growth of some of the older classes in the last five years. There has, well, I don't know. Whether so there has been. I know here in Michigan, uh, and, and, you know, Colin goes to a lot of the state races, so he's a, he's a little more local than even nationals. Uh, I know here in Michigan at the states and our locals, we've had an explosion on that. You know, you and I have referred to it as the second gen, you know, the, the wash, rinse and repeat, right? The dads, the moms are getting into it now that maybe did it when they were younger. And we've had a big, uh, big time uh, expansion there. Uh, what's uh, the Intermaniac class that Charlie races in? Is it okay? So that's 40, 45, and then 46 and 50. That class at the qualifier and yeah the qualifier had two wrecks i think they had 14 or 12 people it was awesome and i mean that race that's that's an actual featured race next week for the lap of the week segment man you talk about some good racing you know uh especially on a, you know the indoor where it's tight and short man those guys they always put on a good show shout out steve everett who's always winning uh do <laughs> what jay has a point to that he said one of the biggest problems with the older experts is they don't like to necessarily race the locals because they say that there's really no competition to race yeah. kind of touching on Colin's competition point yeah. earlier. So if they People would show up, competition. They, they crave competition. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 100% BMX racers are competitive. Mm -hmm. They want to get on the gate and know like, Hey, if I give it my all, 
I can maybe win this or get like a top three. If I don't make mistakes, I might get eight. But they don't want to get on the gate and be like, no matter what I do, I'm winning pretty much because all these guys are slow. Or no matter what I do, I have no chance of winning, even if everybody crashes twice. <laughs> you know, you want to find people. Yeah, that'd be me. <laughs> like, oh, that's a great, that's a great point. Yeah. Well, there's, you know? it's called a race for a reason. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, we drive a long ways for it. And, uh, you know, I got fortunate, real, very, very fortunate with my age this past two years, actually. A lot of people coming up and moving up in class, and it's uh, it's pushed a lot of us. You know, we got a lot of fast guys in there. Cruiser class is super fun. The guy that just asked, made the comment, Jay, him and I go at it all the time. But we always have a good class, and it's one of those things, uh, even with three, which, you know, hey, somebody's getting, we're all getting a podium. <laughs> even with three, uh, typically even at a local there at the indoor again but that's the indoor you know that's a different dynamic because the competitors are going there we're driving there we're going two hours you switch the outdoor man that's really where it hurts because then you got you know your track 45 minutes or an hour away and you might be the only expert there uh but it is you know that that it has been a lot of fun and you know the guys that race in those classes make it fun too austin says it's because solon foster never races it is true some sort of open or or something that if there is that one expert you find other people for them to race against if there's something you know because it's like you know an expert shows up and like dude i don't have a class i'm not going to be competitive like i'm going to smoke everybody that's here what's your reason what's your motivation to race exactly people like to win but when you know you don't even even try and you're still going to win that ain't fun we got a 1720 novice um, that races on Kemco, Alicia, and she never, uh, never has a class. She's always racing guys that are like 30, and she just, what, turned 18, Justin? Correct, she did. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, and I mean, she's always racing like 30 to 35 novice, or, you know, gets classed. Well, she hasn't got classed down since she went up to 1720, but I think she is the only 1720 novice rider in the state. Yeah, that's not good. No. Yeah, no, she, but she's a champ, though, man. She's a trooper. She <laughs> she never fails to try and, you know, she's, uh, whether, you know, she knows she's going to win or lose. Uh, so, I mean, her she probably, spirit she probably, has an effect. She probably just woke up a few hours ago, too. She's been taking, she's been taking <laughs> no full, she has been taking full advantage of uh, no school lately. I talked to her the other day. She's like, oh, man, I woke up at five. I'm like, were you up hanging out with friends? And don't tell me if you were drinking, because... I don't want to know these things. She's like, no, we were just up doing TikToks. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so some of the conversation in the chat has kind of transitioned to also uh, Todd Ditch had mentioned that they need to maybe slow the races down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, let people kind of enjoy watching the show more than like, it's... hurry up. Let's get out of here. Let's move on for the rest of our day. Yep. They're dropping the gate too fast. Um, Charlie kind of also agreed with that. Debate. What's that, Colin? That's always an interesting debate. I mean, I think it depends on your track. If you have, you know, 30 moto locals, like talking to people there at <laughs> Fountain BMX up in Vegas, you know, we they wish. consistently get 30 moto locals. And for them, it's like they, they race on a weeknight. Like parents want to have, they have to go to yeah, work the next day. Yeah, totally that get, makes a good point. Yep. Boom, 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 boom. If you have a smaller turnout, maybe you take a little bit more time and drag it out. I kind of look at it this way. It would be great to just kind of bam through it at a fast pace and then open the track up to ride for 30, 40 minutes, an hour after the race. What do you Hopefully, think of that, Todd? What do you think about that idea, Todd? 
Todd's uh, Todd's raced a long time, uh, and uh, he he does bring a lot of he'll bring a lot of good insight. He hasn't raced lately, but uh, not real happy with a lot of the new rules, like you the thirty foot rule, the no moving down the last straight rule, and basically you the six foot rule that is now invoked on all the citizens of our country. You know, in <laughs> racing, suddenly like can't touch a person. Like what the hell's going on? This is racing. Get in that get in the corner and ram an elbow in there. Yeah. But he's uh, he but, he yeah. he does bring a lot of insight and some stuff, and it's not just one of these guys, the old school dudes, get off my lawn type dude. He brings some good stuff. So what do you think of that? What uh, that idea? Now I've been one. Uh, I know before the the when it was by sanction, uh, I always remembered hearing you go to you US doing? you go to USA BMX or wait you go to ABA's Grands. It's a show. That was always 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 what I heard. Now as an MBL dude. Then I saw the ABA Grands, and I worked in retail. I never could go, so I had to watch the stream, and I'm like, holy crap. That is laser lights and fog machines, and I mean, it was, uh, you know, that that that's true. There's a lot of validity there. There's, that is a show, and, uh, you know, they really do it up. Now, granted, it's only one race, but, uh, you know, they do make it a show. Even at the Nationals, I mean, I used to hear a lot about that. You know, I was kind of bi-curious. Growing up in Florida, I didn't have many opportunities. We're talking about racing sanctions. Get your mind out of the gutter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the first mag BMX actions I saw, they showcased the ABA Grands, and I'm like, dude, I want to go to that someday, but right. I'm in Florida, so it's hard to get there. So I was always bi-sanctional. You know, I was wanting to be bi-sanctional. And, uh, you know, it's, just, it's difficult when your local track's eight hours or ten hours away from your house. But, you know, and, 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 but... I had a friend of mine, Jeff Dean, who kind of, he went by sanctional earlier, and he was like, dude, ABA puts on a good show. They're announcing the atmosphere of the hype. And when I went to the first couple ABA races, I'm like, wow, it lived up to the hype, you know? It's like, <clears throat> when you look at everything around the track, you're like, this is why ABA rules. But then when you look at the actual track, you're like, this is uh, why NBL better. Funny <laughs> thing, you, know? you so that is such a great point you bring up because that is one of the things I wanted to, to get your – wait, does does the princess got to come through? Yeah. Laura, you look, you got probably more fans on this show right now than we got. Come on in. Come through. But you have to say hi to Colin as you go through, okay? She wants a snack, and I didn't it's bring snack her the time right snack for, Laura, come for the on. corner. Okay, you got it. No, this is Colin. You see Colin? So lean in and say hi, and uh, I think you can hi. say hi to, you know, Jay's on, Brandon's on, you can say hi to all them guys. Hi. All right, thanks. All right, well, you know, it's like working from home right now. I talked to all my counterparts that are working from home, and we get to hang out and learn all about their kids. It's been actually kind of a fun thing. I don't think it's good that my eight-year-old just told me my breath after doing a shot of whiskey. <laughs> so it smell like whiskey? Well... You know, it's uh, making sure they're... They, they still say I love you and give you a kiss when you drop them off at school. So yeah. far, that is the truth. Mm-hmm. So that... Coming soon, though. Just like, <laughs> oh. away, but dad, like, it was probably sixth grade when my... Or fifth... Fourth grade when my daughter's like, dad... Don't 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 say I love you. She totally. Yeah, we were supposed to be at the end of her second grade year, so. Yeah. <sighs> so we were. I it as long as I'm good with my daughter. So speaking <laughs> about the 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 tracks, I'm gonna we're gonna jump in. Um, I'm gonna talk about how ABA versus the NBL this this age old debate on the tracks. But first, we gotta hear from our friends, and it's Paul's favorite commercial. 
because it's one of our longer commercials. Smoke them if you got them, Paul. So, Paul, if you got one. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah I'm taking a run out there. <laughs> it's, funny. it's funny. It's funny. He has everything set here in the studio sounding so good. And when he opens our sliding door, it's so loud in our headphones. All right, guys. Uh, think of your co- if you got comments, if you got questions for Colin or even Paul, uh, put them in the chat. We're going to be right back. We got to hear from our friends at Truth to help us help this for you guys. back and we're back with colin and paul along with melissa and myself in the studio thank you guys for joining for just jumping in right now we've got colin styles from the infamous styleman industries joining us this evening along with roman remington the field reporter for the michigan bmx podcast he's also our video our audio guy i'm feeling left out you're the producer I was gonna get to you. I mean, no, no, no. Look, I, mean, I don't have anybody like this. What, like altered <laughs> nicknames and stuff? Oh, right. uh, Melissa, Melissa needs a nickname, gang. So those of you following, oh, no. yeah, let's light up that chat. Let's light up that chat right now with nicknames from Melissa. But before yeah, we, <laughs> that's your yeah. I know. So before we went uh, to commercial with Truth, Colin uh, had brought up a point, uh, and you know that was one of the things I wanted to kind of chat about was this age-old debate. On who made the better tracks, ABA or NBL? Now, um, I, I'm going to say I, I cracked into the uh, transit videos, and uh, I, I got to say I, I'm going to come in and just flat out say that I there are tracks I in. How long has it been, Colin, since you made a transit? Oh seven or oh six was my last time. Okay. Yeah, Jay was just kind of curious if uh, Colin had a desire to race again. Yeah, do you? Um, I don't want to never say never. Like, I don't care if I ever race again. I'm in that mode where I just want to ride my bike. I just want to go ramps and jumps and just ride my bike and have fun riding. Racing doesn't excite me like it used to, personally. I mean, I still love it. I still like watching it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But... The racing side of it and racing isn't as good like you talk about the transit i mean jason carnes one time you know he had the box set when he was doing his berm academy he was forcing all the kids to watch it he was watching <laughs> a bunch of transit you know while they're you know eating dinner or whatever and he was like man was racing just better in the early 2000s or did the transit make stuff make racing look better and i'm like well it's a little bit of both yeah you know with transit i filmed it in a way that made it look good and i showcased it but 
I think racing was better before, and there are, you know, 95 to 05, I think, I think that was kind of the golden age of racing. And I mean, the tracks, I think were better back then. It's weird because- Better in what it, ways? What's that? Better in what way? They were, today, well today, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. Today, you got two different directions that tracks are going. You either have super cross, crazy, eight meter hill, gonna kill kids. Right. You have watered down. Pedal over tracks. everything. Just pedal over it and pump it. <laughs> and you know yeah. what? Okay, so if you guys haven't, get yourself the box set. How much does the box set cost, Colin? 70 bucks shipped in the U.S. Look, that is the best deal that you're going to have. They're sitting over my shoulder here, or no, over Melissa's shoulder. Uh, ten, no. How many of them are there? Ten. There's ten. ten but, Eleven. Plus. Yeah, but yeah. you also. Yeah. So, anyway. You're not getting a better value anywhere. And, man, I, we, we were watching them the other night and just looking at the tracks. So, Paul, I'll tell you why. Um, one of the things that you guys always do out at Richfield is Richfield is always, always like an NBL track. They'll never change because you got, it it, yes, it it was. was. And it's never going to lose that, that, that hair, that, that like heritage right there. Right. Like gnarly lips and, and like rigid, uh, like they'll knock your fillings out if you've got them in, man. And it's hard racing. That's why there's always good. You know, it's, it's good, man. Looking at that transit, watching those transit ones, there is no tracks out there right now that that are anywhere near what those were. And looking at the the nationals and the you know the grands and all that stuff, and you, even even then, like when you were filming for both and like the you know mid two thousands, late two thousands, you didn't need the title on the bottom of the screen to know if it was an ABA track or not. Like you knew it was an NBL or ABA. Like you just knew. Like they were gnarly, steep. You know filthy fun times and well, I, and they were different like NBL like I think back to when I was in elementary school I'm gonna tell a quick little story so yeah, I had man. some guy come in and he was a playground architect and he built like wooden playgrounds of course they built it the year after I got out of elementary school but he had a dis- definitive style so if I was driving around the country I saw a playground that he built or designed you knew it because oh it's that it's that guy because all of them look the same. With the old NBL days, everybody built their own tracks for the most part. You know, like that's the big key is in ABA, it's it's like the same guys are building the tracks. And if the same guy built the track, they're gonna have a certain style and technique. It's like when you look at artwork, you know, it's it, it just becomes repetitive. It's like you kind of do the same thing over and over again. Like I rolled up the tracks before, first time getting there and I'm like oh so and so built this track how do you know I've ridden and hit 30 of his tracks this summer it mm-hmm. looks almost identical to the other 30 tracks I wrote yeah. you know and that was one thing that was different on the NBL side is people built their own tracks so I remember something you said on uh, it was one of the Rail to Berm shows you made a comment how uh, how do I know because all the jumps are 19 feet apart why are they 19 yeah. feet apart Colin yeah, I mean, I can measure it out. No, and I, I know because because I've built with certain people. I've built with a lot of different builders before, so I've seen how they do stuff. You, I mean, you built tracks with Bob Tedesco, with Tom Ritz, 
with Billy Allen, with Lance McGuire. Yeah. And I'm always inquisitive, like, how do you do this? Why do you do it that way? Why do you do this? Why do you do that? Well, you your, know, and, your point was it was uh, they're 19 feet apart because that is the length of a loader. Yeah. So you always, always like, you know, two buckets high, four buckets high, or six buckets. Exactly. High. And you're like, oh, the jumps, they're, that's, a, that's, a, that's a loader apart. Uh, and, you know, the thing, uh, just some insight to, to, for Paul, you know, at Richfield, um, they, they'll start working so early, you know, you can't get equipment out there, right? There's still these things called frost laws up here, you know, in your Midwest air, Midwest part of the country. So you can't have equipment delivered and, you know, not every track has the machine out there. That's Dennis, you know, just out building. So a lot of the stuff at Richfield is hand built. So equipment isn't in there. So the, it is tighter. And, uh, you know, uh, it, and man, I, I wish I could remember which race I was watching. Uh, I'll next commercial, I'll grab the disc and look at what I'm like there. I don't know if there was, uh, more, I don't think there was much flat on this track because it was just jump after it was, uh, is it DeSoto? Yeah. It's Chris track. You, uh, no, it wasn't that. It was after the DeSoto section in Transit 10. That was the track. I just It was jump after jump after jump, and it was just insane. I'm like, man, you do not see tracks like that at all anymore. I'll grab it and look here in a second. But uh, let us uh, let us know what you guys think there in the chat. I know it's going off. We just I see a ton of just NBL, NBL, NBL. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and Michigan is NBL country. Yes. You know, like Florida's NBL country, so there's going to still be some influence that way. But to me, it's just that idea that you get Paul building a track, you get Colin building a track, you get Justin building a track, Dennis building a track. You guys are going to all do it differently. Right. You guys are going to all create and design and have different ideas that – other people aren't going to have, but if it's the same guy building it all the time, they tend to go with what works. Yeah, uh, that's where. That's- I know we got a we got a question. Uh, go ahead. Oh, from Brandon. Uh, you had it in front of your oh, face. it's uh, hey, did oh, sorry, uh, Colin? Did you ever go to Planet City in Florida? That was a gnarly ABA track. Planet City. I know it was a bike shop. It was that probably St. Augustine. But if it was a BMX track, I, I never got to Planet City. I mean, I haven't lived in Florida in fuck, 15 years. It's been a while, a decade and a half since wow. I last lived there. Yeah, I don't know. But, Brandon's been racing for a long time. Brandon, kind of elaborate on that, and we'll follow up with it. Uh, you know, it's not. we're not trying to beat up on any track builder at all. We're just kind of talking a little loose here about how... I mean, uh, ultimately, guys, it's your local track. Sometimes you need a, a track builder to come in and help you out, but don't be afraid to go out there and do it on your own. Like, do something right. different. Don't just build the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I remember being on summer tour one time, and we showed up at St. Peter's, Missouri, St. outside St. Louis. They completely changed their track layout. The only thing that was the same was the starting hill. Mm-hmm. As we roll up, and they're all excited, they went from outside you to inside you to a M shape. And I roll up and looked at the track. I'm like, "Hey, don't you want to get there and practice?" I'm like, "I've already ridden this track." No, but we rebuilt it from last year. <laughs> I'm like. Trust me, I've been on tour for two and a half months. I've ridden this track. That second straightaway, I've already ridden 10 times. The rhythm section, I don't even have to roll it. I can just hit it firsthand 
because I already know what it's going to feel like because every lip is shaped the same. It's all identical. The spacing's the same. I know exactly how everything's going to feel. I don't, I don't need to practice it. Like, I know I can go out there first lap and hit it. Whereas the old NBL days, you'd be like looking and walking the track. You're like, hey, what's that jump going to feel like? Hey, can you jump from here to there? Yeah. You watch other people do it. Somebody would do it and you'd be like, hey, uh, what was it like to jump that jump? Was that hard? Was it easy? Did you boost up? You know, like people were kind of spreading the track and trying to figure it out. Uh, who's the who's the fast pro from Minnesota? What's that kid's name? Elliot McGrath. Or yes. So Elliot showed up uh, some years back at Lansing, and Lansing is the same way. You know, this was after the merge, <laughs> yeah. but we still uh, we still uh, did our thing out there. And I remember him. Three-headed monster on the third string. Well, that uh, had been knocked down. So we were doing a thing, whatever, but we had redone the last straight. But it, again, it was to your point, like you were saying, it was just it was just us. And uh, we had the, the T.O. kid, uh, Nate, he had got some stuff. His dad owns a, a company, brought it out. We did our own thing. And I remember him showing up and he was like, man, that's nuts. Like the way there was this crazy camelback that led to this you remember down the second straight that crazy drop into the second turn if you can recall that like it was a, that was a big drop uh like reconfiguring the second straight and all this stuff and it was wild watching them guys because like you just said you know the, uh, you know somebody like himself he he uh I, I can't speak for now but i know back then he did a ton of clinics and uh oh, yeah. you know he had rode and him and the the other gentleman that was with him were like man they rode that place till it was lights out and i mean we didn't. Uh, we still don't. Uh, Steve uh, Dyer, uh, he's the one running it over there. You know, they still don't have lights. Anytime we had a night race or anything, we rented them. But man, they rode that thing until it was just pitch dark, and it was great. It was a fun night, man. Uh, all the parents hung around, and he was giving away tro or not trophies, posters and stuff, and they were signing them. But it was just just pitch black but they like you know they rode and rode and rode, and it was crazy watching those guys. You know, just uh, just actually slipping in and having a lot of fun on that yeah, track Elliot, Elliot went on tour with me probably three or four years you know? oh like, all right yeah man i gotta yeah, say he, he was i remember we got pulled over in tennessee one time i was speeding and a cop got me for tailgating and Elliot was only 13 at the time oh wow and so the cop like hey i need to talk to this kid so we pulled the kid over and then you know, Ellie got back in the car. We started driving off, and he's like, "What's that?" It's like, "Oh, the cop was just making sure that I wasn't kidnapping you, <laughs> or that you were, I wasn't being kidnapped because he was a minor." Right. And, uh, we got some funny Elliot stories in Michigan. His first night on the tour, he was with Justin, and they were driving the limo. And there's three of them, and the limo, the back was set up with two cots. Well, there's three people. There's only two cots. <laughs> Ellie is doing the math in his head. And he's like, what's going on? And then Justin realizes what he's thinking, and he goes, roof. Roof? He made Elliot sleep on the roof of the limo. <laughs> so uh, in Michigan, they were at a state park, and they, they, they did the five-toe discount, tried to sneak in, uh, and they got busted by a park ranger and had to pay the fee to, to stay there with like 30 or 40 bucks a night. They were hoping to just, you know, sneak in, get a shower and weave, and not have to pay any fees, but they got busted on that. But that was Elliot's first night on tour you said he was like 13 yeah that's wild years old i know one time i was doing clinics out back in florida we're doing a clinic at a track and we did it before their race so 
you know, they had two hours of practice, so we got done with the clinic and the like, track. I was like, hey, you want to go ride the track? You ride the track. We're like, oh, you know, uh, we're kind of tired. You know, we don't really, you know, we just want to take it easy because the track sucked. I'm not going to say what track it was. The track <laughs> flat out sucked. And we're like, the guy that was working with me, like, I forced him to demo and he hated it. Like, he, he didn't want to ride the track at all. The next day, we're at another track and we got done in the same, same situation. We got done with the clinic, two hours of practice, and he rode for like 40 minutes. Then I came in and I rode, like, I rode till I couldn't ride anymore because the track was so much fun. First time I went to Shoreham in Long Island, all mm. NBL track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keith Tara, Keith Mulligan, Justin Lafredo, Robbie Morales. Oh, Brian wow. Hiroji, so many, Tim Strelecki. So many fast dudes came out of that track. We did the clinic and we got done at like 9.30 and the track operator's cool. We rode that track for another two hours. We didn't, nice. We didn't get done riding the track till 11.30 at night because the track was so fun. Nice. You know, but sometimes you go to track and you're like, yeah, I don't need to ride this track anymore. Right. I know that's what happened at Lansing. Elliot got there and he rode some different stuff and dudes are like, hey, this is fun. Let's keep trying to see what we can do and push ourselves, you know? Yeah, that was when was uh, was that your man? That would have been probably the grand opening, wouldn't have been? Or they were calling it. It was the first year when you were there, right? Yeah, I think I was there. I was the first guy to ever teach a clinic there. Yeah, it was crazy. And that would have been oh two thousand. I think that would have been two thousand. Yeah, no, it was it was their inaugural year, and it was later in the year because this was just a trivia question earlier this year, yeah. or earlier in the uh, shows. And here's how, I, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, here's how I remember this. Uh, I had left work, and I'm driving, and there was this radio station everybody listened to out of Lansing, and they were there doing a remote, and they're like, "We got these dudes," and they were. St- just killing your name and i knew one of the guys that worked there and i and i called them up i'm like dude this is this is how he said this is the name pronounce it correctly uh and and then when they cut back to the live feed they had you right um so it was uh yeah it was later part of 2000 yeah 2000 we were in canada doing a clinic up there and then we actually got lost coming out I think we went through the wrong port and then we were like late getting to the clinic. And like you said, they didn't have lights. So we had to speed the whole way to get there to teach that clinic. But we were in Canada coming out of there driving <laughs> through. That was, that was interesting. So, uh, uh, we kind of, we hit the track thing. We, you know, we talked about the Corona, uh, before we move into the next, uh, our kind of our next part of this conversation. Do we have anything in the chat? Anybody have anything? Yeah, for actually, us? Dennis was kind of curious with all the tracks that Colin had been to, and you know, bred around building and stuff. Have any of them been built where there's a jump over water? A water jump. Does that At does an that exist? Track. No, I know Grands has had them before. Yeah, they did last year or two years ago. They had. They had the water jump. We had the, all the floaties in it. <laughs> yeah, I know. One year, NBL Grands had a fire jump. They had they put hay bales in the center of the pro section and lit them on fire for pro practice. Jeez. Yeah, but I don't know if Dennis is thinking maybe Richfield needs something like that. You know, oh. get wet on. <laughs> maybe, but in the actual existing tracks, the only thing I can think of would be. Adam Richards in like early 90s, 16 and over open, made the main event. 
and decided at Waterford to jump the Heck last yes. jump and transfer right in the pond. Down. Yep, and, that, but and Fuzzy Hall did it. Fuzzy Hall they, did it too. Like went swimming, like with they their just, bike into so the they, pond. They went off the jump and transferred right in the water. Oh my goodness! The, yeah, That'd it was be a, fun to see. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get Paul to do that this year. So Todd, I don't know if Todd's talking about the same yeah, thing you guys are talking about, but Hang he on. said that the old days at Water Waterford had a wa- Waterford's track had a water jump, but he may what? have been talking about into the pond. Oh. I don't I don't know. He didn't clarify that, so, but I'm just wondering if that's so, what he. All right. So Todd, that's joining us. Todd Todd gave us. Uh, well, he didn't. He let me borrow this, which required me to relearn how to copy DVDs. Uh, so Todd, I have it all ripped and i'm already tearing it apart oh my gosh so <laughs> uh, we will have we're gonna have a, a couple weeks ago i don't know if colin if you got to see it you know uh charlie came on and we did a thing where we were just watching some races and you know he was kind of commentating on it now this one oh, no, he said an actual jump it was an actual water jump That's at waterford that is awesome said, yeah it's waterford you gotta have a water uh, you should on, on the track he says on the track. oh hey Todd, tell me if it's on the DVD. Um, so anyway, Todd's got this. It is. I I've peeped through a few of this and skimmed through it. Uh, man, this is going to be this is going to be a killer. We're going to have Todd come on and do some commentating on this one as Charlie did. Uh, a lot of the races are at Waterford. Plus, there are races of him and he knows these guys. But there are some pretty big names that were in here. Brandon said that Todd actually backflipped into the pond at Waterford one year. I wouldn't doubt it. Todd's a gnarly dude. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's some really cool races on here. So that'll be an upcoming uh, one of the ones we do where we commentate the race. Um, we uh, I have seen waterfalls at a track. Yeah, oh. Waterford's got a waterfall. Well, I mean, it was it uh, John, Waterford, Johnstown. Yeah. You, got, you can't say Johnstown's going to be Johnstown. John, yeah, yes. I have a fountain. In Johnstown. But they actually had waterfalls. They called it the waterfall. But it was just kind of like a rollers that just dropped down there's like three or four of them that went into turn two and greg hill had some videos from like 84 <laughs> racing the national there and they had the waterfalls and they still have them I that's think sweet it's a unique feature on the track yeah, yeah I, i've so, never seen anything like that that's crazy this guy just jumped in the chat this bob sensible you know him bob sensible <laughs> he said he was on wednesday night too he he said i thought Wait, something hold on a second there he is. He said, "I thought." He said, "I thought something was poking out of Colin's beard." Was it Colin's beard or was it Todd's beard? Paul's beard. Paul or Paul? It could, <laughs> uh, could be either one. Bob, you got to clarify. We got two guys with beards on here. How do you know Bob, Colin? How yeah. do I know Bob? Yeah. How do you know Bob? He used to, he used to come over to my third bedroom. Ooh. <laughs> Get his groove going down. Yeah, but it's uh, hey, you want to know about Bob Sensible? Look there right he is. Here. Yeah, he Bobby Moto Man. Bob says he'd Bobby also. Bobby Moto Man right there doing a tabletop from 1973. He wants to know where that bitch and hat came from, too. Yeah. Where'd that bitch yeah, and hat I... come from? He wants to know. Bob does. Oh, that bitch and hat came from my garage. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that tabletop right there. Wow. That's Bobby. Bobby nice. I, we can get him to call in. The only thing that's going to happen is you and Paul aren't going to probably be able to hear him, but we could still get him on the show. I'm going to give him my number real quick and tell him to call in. 
because uh, I was talking to him before about coming on the show. <laughs> He's like, look, man, I am not a techie dude. Because I started talking about the video conferencing, and it was great because the next week you guys had the show where he lost his phone for like the whole week. <laughs> and you guys are like, what do you mean you lost your phone for a week? He's just like, yeah, dude, I just, you know, whatever, man. I just, it's a phone, you know. I don't think he has a computer, yeah. He didn't. Or doesn't, because uh, he's like, I'll, I'll hit up Brad and see if I can borrow one of his. And I'm like, most people just don't loan their computer out. So, Bob, call my number. I put it in the chat. Uh, we'll get you on. Again, uh, I'll just kind of relay the stuff to Colin and Paul, because I don't have a send and return. Because uh, he's like, I'll, I'll and we'll get him we'll get him on here in a second. But in the I'll meantime. Wonder, Paul, Paul, what's, hey, well, what's the coolest track you've ever raced in your life? Me? Yeah. Oh, man, it would have to be the one that I raced in my childhood, uh, Stadium BMX, out there. Uh, I was up on Dort Highway in Flint, Michigan. But, uh, it, yeah, it was it was my – because everything was smaller but bigger, if that makes sense. Oh, it does. Okay. Well, you know, like, jumps are smaller, but they're kind of, you know, like, it was harder to get over them because you didn't have all this momentum pushing you you know it wasn't tracks weren't built you know, for that insane speed so you had to pedal your speed and get over them little doubles so that's what i mean by everything was smaller but it was bigger because oh, you know, it was hey, uh stadium was are you talking indoor or outdoor paul oh no the outdoor one that okay. was up there by playland so playland is uh well funny thing with playland so playland park is uh, an adventure amusement park, putt putt golf, go karts, uh, video arcades, stuff like when they still had stand up arcades. For those of yeah, you they kids, that thing, man. They, yeah, yeah. So for those of you kids that don't know what I'm talking about, this is before all your video games. You actually went oh, to a place of business and you Austin. you you put money into the stand up arcades and talked to other people while you were there and played video games and. You know, whatever. Uh, that was they had the arcade and all that stuff, so you'd do that. And then uh, they had the King Avert there, Colin, like back in the day with like oh. Ron Wilkerson and Brian Blair. They had a King Avert stop there, and Matt Hoppin, of course, uh, and Damon, one of the guys watching. He was in, he was in there too. But uh, Mike down Dominguez, Mike Dominguez, yep. So, but down the yes. road was Stadium BMX, and Stadium had an outdoor and an indoor. Uh, and uh, you're so you're you're speaking to the uh, outdoor, correct, Paul? Yeah. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Uh, way before my time, before I got into racing, not my age time, but I just wasn't racing uh, back then. So what was what made that track so uh, crazy and Bert. unique? What's that? Dave says the King of Vert. Yes. It wasn't laid out like you know the M design or an inside out. It had. Um, uh, you did like a big fish hook turn and then like if you wanted to go on the expert uh, track you went over the berm and then it was the same shape so it was like two lanes that went around but all the jumps uh, you know all the uh, obviously the experts said everything was bigger but uh, when you come around you went down a long straightaway that had a like a roller in it and then a tabletop mm -hmm. and then you went into this big um, like a paper clip thing at the end that just raised up and went down it was just laid out way different Mm-hmm. Hey, there's so much different stuff going on there. I love it. Hey, when you were, gotta, I, were you around? Did you do anything in '84 when the worlds were down there in Florida, Colin? '87. '87. Sorry. Not 
racing at that time. I came in a little bit after. Okay. That. Well, I just caught a I caught a YouTube video the other day and I got to say there was a I'm watching it and it was nuts cuz they cut to this 40 and over cruiser class and I'm watching it and I was like, "Wow." That's how old. So John Johns. <laughs> yes, that was that was one of the names too. But they're like talking John Johns from England. Oh, he passes him at the finish line. <laughs> I okay, so you saw the same video, but speaking the different obstacles to what Paul was saying, um, I think it was the first turn. The guys came out of the berm, right? So they come out and then it like had a roller out of the berm. And I right. I bet you I probably like backed it up, watched it, backed it up, kind of figure I'm like, man, that is that's really neat like and they also had like the the crazy like wedge berm in the middle of the last turn but just some different stuff you don't see now but that yeah, like it was a capital l the capital l the first turn was a 90 degree first turn okay that makes sense going in and a roller going out yeah and it was a 90 degree to the left and the second turn went to the right so if you're in gate eight you're on the outside of the first turn <laughs> but if you could get around the top you were inside for the second turn right away but that 90-degree first turn, I only got to ride it once because that was the end of 88, and they rebuilt the track in 89, and they made the first turn of 180. I would, if I could build, I actually just did a thing with Chandler BMX. They had a thing going where they said, design your favorite, you know, your dream track. Oh, man. So this is my dream track. You can see right oh, wow. there. Wow. Hold on, hold on. Let me right let me get your camera. Let me let me bring your camera in bigger, okay? All right, there you go. There you go. Run with it. Yeah. So you can see this ninety degree first turn, right there. Roller ninety degree turn roller. I would love to do that on a track. And we talk about Greg Lanthorn. Yes. He was he was a local there, and if you go back and watch the video of the Pro Main, I heard the he's name. Cut inside and picking people off. Yeah. There were so many different lines in that first turn. It wasn't just like one line. You see guys on the outside make it. Guys on the inside make it. There was just a lot of passing back and going forth, you know. And you know that was my local track, and they had those videos out the track. I was probably a novice or intermediate, and they had like two of the VHS tapes left, and I bought one. So I watched it. That was my first transit video. <laughs> I over and over and over again. And Matt Hayden winning Cruiser and yep. Eric Carter, 17 and over X and Superclass, Mike King. Wanted to race amateur, but he decided to turn pro or superclass for this race. And Gary Ellis and yeah. Michelle Carnes and David <laughs> Milham. The, the seat Mr. posts. Ohio, everyone's seat post is everyone's seat three. post is like this high in that in that video. <laughs> They're like super high. Yeah. Hey, uh, real quick, we're gonna jump to a commercial. We're gonna come back. You guys keep the uh, comments flowing in here. I uh, got a little announcement to make for our, our friend Charlie when we come back, and. Uh, we're gonna to get to it. We got a couple more things we wanted to cover before we uh, before we call it a night. We got a few more things we wanted to chat about, but hang around. We're gonna to get to a couple commercials here. We'll just get them out of the way real quick. So first, we're gonna hear from our friends at RSVP and then Kebco BMX. <laughs> RSVP, RSVP wedding, wedding and, event. and event designs. Anything you can imagine under the sun for your wedding, corporate event, parties, or even private events. Winner of the prestigious Best of Weddings by the Knot. Family owned and operated by some really cool BMXers. Call them now, 248-301-5522, and tell them that the Michigan BMX Podcast Show sent you. Hey, now that I've got your attention, I want you to look at some cool stuff that Kebco BMX has to offer for you. Just check these out. Some rad t-shirts. 
If that's not your game, we've got plenty of hoodies to offer you. Make sure to get those hoodies. Want to keep your ears warm in these cold months? We've got hats. We've got beanies. Make sure you slide over and check us out at KebcoBMX.com and buy two because you're going to like them that much. All right, and we are back. We appreciate all you guys for joining us this evening on our special Friday night live edition. We have Colin Styles hanging out with us this evening, talking some BMX, a little bigger and bad, a little bigger uh, outside of Michigan. So <clears throat> we had a quick announcement we had to make for our friends over there on the west side of the state from uh, this, this hot off the press from Charlie. Let it be known from this day forward, as long as the Salisbury's are in charge. Any current, this is my, this is my Supercross motocross voice, just for the record. Oh, yeah. Any current. What's going on there? I don't know. You better deepen it just a touch. I can't. I got nothing. You got an octave lower. Any current or. There you go. <laughs> any current or. Do it, you can any do it. current or ex. Any, yeah, there it is. Come all right, on, so, all right. Let me get this. Let me get this. Any current or ex pro BMXer will practice and race locals free of charge at both Rock City locations. Of course, current pros can only race pro ams at locals. So let this get out and be known. Pros, get your ass fired up. We'll also be implementing the trophy dash in all races at both tracks. Class and cruiser winners from 16 years up will be invited for a winner-take-all open main event to so, conclude at the end of every race day. Awards to be announced. Uh, announced. Uh, and then he has F the zombies. Let's get back to BMX. They were talking early in the chat about okay. what a trophy dash Okay, so is, a trophy so. dash is... Do you know what it is? I do. But go tell ahead. them. No, no, no. You go You're going to do voiceovers. You tell them. <laughs> so Believe a me, it'll a sound better. Dash basically, from what I understand, is a grouping of all the winners, 16 and up age classes, at mm -hmm. the end of at the, end. the mains. Yes. And it's kind of a race for a winner take all. Correct. Those were all today, yeah. Yeah. 16, you, 16 and up, though. Did you do those, Colin? I never got to do any. They were a lot more popular back in the 80s. Okay. But it was something cool because, again, people want competition. Right. So, yeah, you might get sense. some expert kids who be like, well, I ain't got a class. I'm a 13-year-old. Oh. But if the 16-year-old races and I win and he wins, we get the trophy dash. You so, know? So, that would be cool. I Talking think... about the coolest trophy dash I ever heard of, though, yes. was Eagle Snacks. Had a BMX team. Eagle Snacks was a... Todd Lyons was on that team. Todd Lines was on that thing. Percy Owens was on that thing. Billy Don't Say Use Aw was on that team. Uh, Termite Hudson. Jackal was on that team. God damn. They would go on summer With tour. the chainsaw? Yeah. No, wrong Jackal, Paul. <laughs> they would be on summer tour, and there'd be six guys on summer tour. Uh -huh. And they would get a hotel room, but there was only four bed spots. Whoever so lost. They taught a clinic. They would have a thing called a bed race. Yep, I've heard All this. All six dudes would get on the gate. Top four get a get a bed. Five and six, you're sleeping on the floor. Train a little bit harder. Get a earn a bed spot next time. I like it. I think wow. we're gonna. I think we're gonna implement that for any Kebco trips that we have where they're short. We're short beds. 
Austin's calling out Richfield. Too. Yeah, um, so, Austin so Kelly. Run a trophy dash. Uh oh, I think uh, I think Bob's calling. Austin Kelly, hold one second. Austin Kelly's saying that Richfield is going to be doing trophy dash uh, dashes. Also, correct. That's what he wants. So um, we're going to need uh, we're going to need me. we're going to need somebody. When he mentioned you in the chat, you just can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is Bobby Motomag. Tell him he better show up tomorrow morning. Hang on. It's all good. Is this Bobby? Yeah, brother. Bobby Motomag. You got that right. He said it is Bobby Motomag. Now, here's the thing. Uh, The way we have it patched through, unfortunately, Colin and Paul can't hear. I can hear him. You can? Maybe that's a good thing. Oh, sweet. (laughs) We are cooking. I don't know. The Wednesday night troll goblin is out of the... He's sleeping. It's gone. So, Bobby, welcome to the show. For those of you who don't know, Bobby Motomag. You are I sure appreciate it, fellas. You are the timekeeper on Rail to Berm. Yeah, but more than that, you kidding me? That's all well, they I polished Colin's head too. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why he's wearing a hat tonight? Hey, I'm gonna throw I wanna throw some Michigan history at you guys. Bring it, son. You got you guys familiar with Dugan Neal? Never heard of her. What? Never heard of her. Come on, man. Dugan Neal was the king shit in the cruiser class. You're talking about that dude that gets all them bikes, them old bikes, and puts them together, raced for Motor City BMX the last time he was racing. Never heard of her. Dugan, (laughs) bring it. That was him, man. He was a good friend of mine. Him and Ronnie Anderson when they were working at 7-Eleven back in the day. Was, uh, didn't, did Dugan, didn't Dugan, he, he got himself a world championship, right? Yes, he, he did. Yeah, he did. Uh, I think it was in Bogota, Colombia, or something like that. I still have a picture. Him standing on the, on the podium sure with a dog running for its life in the background. 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Get out of here. That's 80s, an, 90s, uh, and 2000s. <laughs> Does anyone. Yeah, so somebody's got to have a phone number or something for him. He Funny thing, Dugan shows up about oh, every. Todd, Todd, Todd Ditch says he knows Dugan. All right, Todd, text Dugan, find out if he has won a world championship in the in the last three decades. We need to... Well, <laughs> clarification. Clarification. T- uh, Bobby, uh, I appreciate you calling into the Michigan BMX Podcast show on our Friday Night Live show tonight Sweet. with Colin Stiles. I know uh, I've been working you to try to come on here, and I'm uh, very excited you're on, so uh, I, I, I very much appreciate it. Uh, we are live here in Michigan. <laughs> We're looking at your tabletop on Colin's shirt right yeah, now. Wow, it's impressive. Oh, yeah. Hey, tell Bobby what's your you know, underwear. That, that's a Gork drawing on there. And it's no Bob Harrell, but it's still cool. It is <laughs> cool. So so uh, I know I know you join in, and it's it's pretty <laughs> awesome. During the show, I don't always – I don't really get a chance to follow the, the chat room, but I know uh, afterwards I'll go back look, see so you guys joined in. By chance, Ooh. have you – did you catch – the Jeremy Ames voicemail that he did. No, I didn't, man. Oh man! Is that right? What did I miss? Um, so I gotta I'll tell you what. I'm probably not gonna be able to pull it up right now to get it on, but uh, we are gonna have you on again. All right. Cool. So um, win. And you, this guy. So what he does is he has a segment, uh, and if you've watched a few times, he uh, each week he calls in, he leaves voicemails, but he does not just to the show. Uh, literally to like all of his friends, just random voicemails. So he did one of you, man. <laughs> I just can't remember the date, but uh, I might be able to find it. I might, I might, uh, I might. And uh, it was such a dead on. And he had your jokes. Uh, it was oh, great. Man. It was good. Do you? Hey, good uh, impression. Flattery be, is. Uh, it is. 
It truly is. So that is. <laughs> being you're not uh, you're not contracted and obligated right now to rail the berm. Uh, do we have uh, a Bobby Moto mag uh, brought to you by the uh, Colin? What's the bike shop? It's brought to you by <laughs> riding out of Mudslinger. All right. So it's Mudslingers. Mudslingers. That's right. All right. Eric Larson's Mudslingers. They do a good program over there. They do. They got a track outside. They got a gate. They got a gate, practice gate, you know, for everybody. Right. Cool so place to hang out. Man. Do, do you have? Do you have one of your your jokes for us? Uh, I do. Oh man! <laughs> all right. You got. How about, how about how about this one? Bring it. All right. All right. Uh, how do you practice safe sex in Michigan? Uh. <laughs> I don't That's know. Right. You 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 put a sign on the animals that kick. <laughs> oh no! True story, man. Oh no! Ah, uh, I don't have a laugh track, <laughs> uh, but man. <laughs> hey, hey, I gotta so go, man. I'm going to a BMX rave. Me and my cat. Me and my evil cat, Samantha. <laughs> going to BMX rave. He's going to a rave with Samantha. <laughs> That's right. You know, I, you know, I think I got the coronavirus. How? Voltage. Your ball. <laughs> I can't, I wish I could Dude, pull I up. Can still run. Oh, I so hey, wish. I still got. You know, I was going to go to Vegas, man, and blow them away. I was going to light them up, dude. Yeah. But, you know, we got shut down. But regardless, I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm crazy for the BMX. It's driving me nuts. I can't wait to get back out there and fucking scream. You know Moto what I'm Mag, saying? can you hear me? Ah! Moto Mag, can you hear uh, Colin? Yeah, man. Colin, go. Tell, ask him if he's coming uh -oh. to ride. I don't hear nothing. Ride to the tomorrow. Is he going to Mesa Bike Park tomorrow morning? Are you going to ride at Mesa Bike Park tomorrow? Oh, uh, man, I can't. I can't. Yes, I am. He says he is. <laughs> but it's going to be a crowded man. place. You better be out there. You better be out. Is that where you were, Colin, in the video? Yeah, that's where I was. That's where I was yesterday. I'm going there tomorrow morning. And this Mesa Bike Park. It's yeah. It's that it looks amazing. It does. He knows where it's it reminiscent is. of the old Corona BMX downhill track in the seventies. It's a quarter mile down from Mozzie Fox, where we first used clogs. to do the show, Rail of Burn. Uh -huh. <laughs> so you, Mozzie Fox. That's that's because that's the production company for. Hello? Nope, you're still there. Uh, so you can't hear. Uh, Bobby can't hear Colin and uh, Paul. So. I, it's all right. I'm not. I, I don't mean to interrupt him, but some, it might be that Colin's talking or Paul, so I can repeat That's it back. Cool. Uh, so Mozzie Fox, right down the road from the the, the Mesa Bike Park, you guys are going to tomorrow. Uh, right. So where did the Mozzie Fox Productions? Where where did that come from? Is Colin answering that? Hang on. You, well, yep. no. I'll have Colin hold. You can you can go ahead and tell us, Bobby. Oh well, hey, that's the uh, producer's wife's. Uh, company and you know if it weren't for the producer's wife we wouldn't have a rail to berm and so it's funny you say that because if it wasn't for this producer sitting to my left you're right we wouldn't have the michigan bmx podcast show Bobby, I appreciate you jumping on. And look, we're going to bring you on. Uh, we'll get you all set up so you can come in, video in with yeah. us. But I really appreciate you calling in. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, brother. We've got to get you a cruiser. I've got one. It, it's the kind of bike can make you feel alive. <laughs> we got to get you a cruiser. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, that is Bobby Moto Mag for you. And if you guys have ever listened to Rail the Berm, he did not 
Uh, he did not let us down. Uh, again, hey, since you mentioned Cruiser like nine times in the last nine minutes, I got a question for you. For who? For in, in, anybody who wants to answer this, why did they stop having a Pro Cruiser class? Colin, when? take this question. That is a good question. I know Worlds, they got rid of it to add the time trial. I think ultimately the sanctions got rid of it because pros were too lazy to bring a cruiser and 20. Oh, no. And there was just low participation numbers. So they just said, hey, if you guys aren't going to be serious and want to do it, then we're just going to ax it. And trivia question, who was the last guy to win the ABA pro cruiser title? And he actually did not get a cup. He got stiff. But he was actually technically the last guy to win it. Warwick Stevenson. What year was it? Warwick Stevenson? No, 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 no. He's, no? Uh, Andy Stumphauser. That would be a good guess. That would he be. He didn't win it five times, but he wasn't the last guy it, to win it. I, the I, Alabama Slammer. Barry Nobles? Barry Nobles got stiff. He did. He should have yep. won it, but ABA mm, most didn't going with Stumpy. for whatever reason. So you need to get Barry Nobles on. Tell the story of how ABA screwed him out of. I don't know if I got his phone number. <laughs> you don't have that one. Just I don't. To pull out of your I, well, I saw him. I saw him at the X Games. He oh. was racing uh, yeah. the Harleys on the flat track, and he was in the dirt jumping contest. Hey, you never know. Well, You're reaching a huge audience. Because ABA screwed him out of the cruiser title. I mean, I yeah. I feel that I feel between uh, you know social media we could probably somebody's got it. He was out racing mountain or riding mountain bikes or something today. I saw. Yeah, uh, always ride bikes. I, I met that kid when he was like eight years old, out at out at out at uh, Oak Mountain BMX in Birmingham. Kid was nuts. Just wanted to ride all the time. Man, he is. He's probably. I'm gonna. You know, he might be one of the. Uh, he's in that realm with like the the BFs, right? Like Brian Foster. He's in that realm where he he literally can just ride anything. And seeing him, uh, I knew he was always known. He was a good dirt jumper. You know, he, he does great on his social media. But uh, going out to the X Games, uh, and I'll recommend this for anyone like do it. Okay, I don't. You can you can talk all corporate and how it's sold out. It's still one of the like most unique uh, experience you're gonna have as a BMXer. Okay, uh, one seeing the mega ramp literally uh, will give you like afraid, make you afraid of heights. Uh, it, it's mammoth, but the dirt jumps. Um, we managed to sweet talk our way down to actually walk down and stand by the dirt jumps. Those are some of the most massive dirt jumps. Um, yeah. You know they're like posh. They're like caddy big, right? And you know they literally just build them for this contest like the first the first lip was nine foot tall now that doesn't sound like a lot till you're standing next to a nine foot tall dirt lip and you're still looking up and i mean these guys warm-up jumps were like double backflip variations you know whether it was tail whip bar spin or something and those were their setup jumps and it was uh you know quick shout out to my buddy nick nick's the guy that got me into bmxing and he's like, I don't care what you got to do, uh, you're going. And we went, and it was a, a, a really awesome experience. We got to see the mega ramp, the park. The park was insane. Um, you know, we got to meet Hoffman. Uh, we got to see the, the like I said, the dirt jumping stuff. But the other part that blew me away was 
we'd leave the arena and then come back the next day and like everything was changed the 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 guys that did all the building would knock it down but then you got to see all these other disciplines and if you got kids take them don't even don't worry about it because there's so much stuff outside of the x games you can do and see and it doesn't cost anything extra it just comes with your tickets the and the most insane contest i saw was those motorcycles doing the 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 high jump i thought they were going to touch the roof of the yeah dude those guys are crazy it was we were at the what is where the i don't remember the name of the arena it's where the minnesota vikings play and i'm going to get yelled at because i don't remember this but uh target no no, it's uh, Skull Nation something. It's a fi- it's named after some finance, some whatever. Anyway, yeah, some bank. Beautiful USA Bank, beautiful arena. The thing's huge, man. And those motorcycles, they they were like 50, 60 feet in the air, straight dropping out of the sky, doing the high jump. Not the, not the. This is the the one where they jump like a quarter pipe. They jump like a quarter pipe and land, not the just straight up and over. I mean, it was it was wild. We were sitting in the, the third bowl, and they were eye level. So I, I highly recommend it. Sorry to go off on a tangent. It was just really wow. cool experience. That's all right. That's incredible stuff, dude. It's we're talking about. Yeah. Bobby's got a request. What does Bobby have for us? I feel like it's more appropriate if you ask. Um, but, uh, what the f- uh Colin, uh, Bob wants to see your abs. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Wait a minute. Talk, Colin. You got to talk. Yeah, say something. Stop, Stop talking, Paul. Right there. That's no abs. That's just the belly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting late August. <laughs> Shit. Oh, my God. It's USA Bank Stadium. USA Bank Stadium. Just for okay. redemption there. <laughs> I, like I said, it was better that you <laughs> you request oh, that than myself. Look at, look at uh, <laughs> my God! I I feel like you've satisfied it, Colin. <laughs> I think I think what needs to happen is we need to get Bobby and Colin on. Yeah, yeah. That the sounds thing like about Bobby is if you're really truly going to do Bobby, it's got to be an eighteen and up show. Right. Fair enough. We can we can yeah. we can do that. I can see where I that would like be. No kids. Chris, you're not probably going to want to be part of that show. Chris Beer, you're not going to want to be part of it. You just need to let him know ahead of time. Photo Mac is legitimately nuts. I, you don't realize you got to experience the Moto Mag at some time. Well, I really want to try to get it. Do you guys live close to each other by any chance? Uh, he's probably, I don't know where he lives at. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> far away because he always comes to my house and rail the <laughs> well, if he would come he to his house for rail to berm, I mean, I don't even know. Like, I, 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 he might live in his truck. <laughs> There's no telling, like, where Bobby lives. We don't know what he does. Like, Brad would just say, like, someday Bob's just gonna disappear. Like, he's just not gonna call, not gonna say anything, and three weeks are gonna go by, and he's not gonna show up for the show. <laughs> We're just gonna assume that he's living in Costa Rica or something. He, uh, so, Colin, he claims you sold him a shirt that said "Be a Mexican" and you got him arrested. Uh, he would never get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> he would get arrested for other stuff. Uh, so, what? Well, so if, is there a possibility? 
if we did an entire 18 and over show that uh oh, oh bobby sensible could come hang out with you and we do it at your house you, you guys hang out there and we bring you on here i bring him in i mean I'll, look this he, the third bedroom though this is the fourth bedroom okay so if need be in order to make this happen uh, uh you can't amazon beer can you I don't think so. The pantry doesn't uh, hasn't quite oh, expanded that far. No, I don't think so. Well, uh, whatever. We'll just uh, stores, so. we'll just take some pop bottles back here, and we'll send you guys some money over PayPal or something, so you can go get a <laughs> six pack. But we'll need you to shotgun them bad boys down first before we go on. In that eighteen and over. I don't know if Bobby so. drinks beer, but I know he likes some uh, smoke breaks. Oh, know. oh. What? Well, unacceptable. <laughs> Whatever, Paul. Because people don't know, like, like we record on Monday nights, and we get done with the first show, we have like five minute breaks in the next show. Right when that first show's over, Bobby's outside. He comes back. It smells like skunks. Before we start, I, the uh, show. you know, it's funny. I, I, I'm gonna. I, well, this person will remain nameless. I know that same experience. It's uh, typically happens. Pardon me. Hey, let's see if I can make some magic happen and show them that experience. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, this time we might be on these trips across the state, over to the west side, allegedly. Uh, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, we're not naming anybody. To be fair, allegedly, we're not going to name anybody, but uh, there might be some breaks on the way there for this individual because of, uh, you know, it's, it's prescribed, you know? <laughs> Bobby says he quit smoking ten minutes I mean, ago. You know that Bobby Sensabaugh is really good friends with Duke and Neil. I, it sounds like it. I, th- I, I, th- hey, you know what? If we're gonna do this show proper, we do it. You need to bring Duke in to the studio. I'll bring well, Bobby in the studio, and we're really doing up good. Um, we well, I mean, maybe not. I don't know where Dugan lives. If it's gonna be close to where we're at, but I can bring him in video. So, yeah, uh, that's true. So. What is he going on about? Oh, hey, you got somebody giving you a shout out here. Uh, uh, tell Colin Chicken Wing says, "Hey, Chicken Wing, Chicken Wing." Ta- uh, Ron Walker, Ron Walker, Ron Walker. <laughs> See, I, I I came in a little bit later. You sure. want to talk about Eagle Snacks right there? I came in a little bit later. And I just knew Ronnie Walker as Skywalker. Yeah, that's he what Moto just oh. said. Yeah, Skywalker. you get that nickname for a reason. Pedaled with his wings, like his things all whatever. But the first ever pro main event I ever made was a Florida State race. And I passed Chicken Wing at the line to make the main and made him sit out. Ooh. So there you go, Chicken Wing, well, Ronnie Skywalker. Ronnie Skywalker. Maybe maybe I you think, and maybe you I and Co- from David Milham. Maybe you and Colin can have a grunge match and we can uh, we can it could be the race sponsored by it'll be the first race sponsored by the podcast show. A-A-R-P. And Colin and uh, Skywalker could race again. Um, so for those of you in the chat, um, I got to tell you, uh, I'm sure you're going to go back and check it out, Colin. Bob is keeping it very. <laughs> Very entertaining, to say the least. And if you're listening to the show, you're watching it, and you're not in the chat, please go. This guy, he's 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 on Bobby fire. Said he quit smoking ten minutes ago. He so quit smoking. That, that's fake news. Yeah, and then he also said he's going to put a dress on and win the trans grands. <laughs> I don't, I don't 
I, oh, there we go. Demonetized. I, I that, yeah, we we were demonetized a long time ago. <laughs> uh, like YouTube looks at this show and is like, shit. Not I don't even know again. what to do with him. Uh, man, these like the shit he is saying is literally like could be put on a T-shirt. It's uh, just, uh oh, uh oh, hey, hang on, Chris. Chris, uh, Chris Beer joined. We got to take this shit down to a PG thirteen. <laughs> is that what we agreed on? Everybody say it's a light thirteen. Yeah, everybody say hi to Chris <laughs> oh, Beers. Yeah, well, Chris, you know what time it is, right, Chris? Welcome, welcome, Chris. <laughs> Wait, there it is, buddy. And if those of you that are watching right now, it's a social time. I know, Colin, you're you're ready for a social, right? Oh, Bobby's got one last question, though. He, um, he wants to know if Colin actually, if if he helped Connor Fields win the gold. What the f- <laughs> Did you? I like to claim that I did, but I had nothing to do with it. But he did get a transit box set from me, so that, I'm sure that helped Sweet. out a little bit. Um, well, training at its best. There you go. It's, uh, it is social time. Those of you that are joining us, Chris, uh, get your Dr. Pepper. Uh, Chris, you missed uh, Bob. Bob Sensabaugh joined us. Uh, we're going to do a quick commercial. Come right back. We got uh, one more to do. And uh, while we're in the commercial break, for those of you that don't have something right away, make sure you grab it. Where is my heavy pedals commercial? There it is. Uh, it is social break. We will be right back with Colin and Paul. Heavy pedals BMX zine. Voted number one BMX zine in the world by Michigan BMX podcast show viewers and listeners. Get your copy now. Heavy Pedals is sold locally at Solon Bicycles, Ray's MTB, Reggie's Bike Shop, and globally at heavypedals.com. Make sure you get over to our Facebook page, give us a like and a share, and while you're at it, head on over to our Instagram page at Heavy Pedals BMX. All right, we are back, and you know uh, we still got a good, good, good group of people on here. Uh, something I real I wanted to hit uh, real quick was uh, the USA BMX coloring contest. That's going to end at the end of this month, right? So anyone yes. that's doing that, get those uh, get those uh, coloring. Uh, what it's not? It's like a it's like a placemat that they I, do. I have to say, I never went and looked yeah, at it. Go um, onto their website, yeah. and you can get the details there. Dennis, I never went and looked share at some it, more info with us. We don't know. Um, but here at the Michigan uh, BMX Podcast Show, we do have our own coloring contest. And, uh, you know, anybody following right now, we have a 14 under, right? Is that what we made mm. it, Paul? Yeah, 14 under, so. 15 and over. Yes. Uh, so... Do your best drawing of the Michigan BMX Podcast Show logo, and uh, we're going to do a little vote on our social media. We're going to pick the best logo. We're going to put that on a T-shirt, and we're going to sell those T-shirts for a fundraiser. Now, the 15 and over winner, you're not getting on a T-shirt, but, you know, we're going to do something for you. It's going to be a good time. Uh, again, we're going to be doing the 14 and under, so you guys are going to get on the T-shirt. We're going to print those off, and that's a problem. You know, that'll go off to a, a fundraiser that we pick, and uh, you know, let's let's see those. Charlie submitted one. I wish I could put it up here right now. I don't have it. Uh, Charlie took the time to literally make a ticket from the police department, <laughs> and um, he, he, like, wrote the Michigan BMX podcast on it. He even put my address on it and said that we were all getting a ticket because we violated the governor's order. 
Yeah, I'm blaming that. Sh- I'm blaming that shit on Charlie because that almost had <laughs> like, wait, that what? almost had Paul. That almost had Paul ready to call call, call all sorts of lawyers <laughs> and everything this morning. So uh, I don't think there was anything funny about that. No, I do. <laughs> Holy shit, do oh, I do? Damn funny. good forgery, that's for sure. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was a masterpiece. To be Justin, honest with you, AKA Charlie has got a. Definitely a second career in forgery. Yes, I'm blaming that on Charlie. And I'll get this up here just so you guys can see. But uh, before we were, uh, we, were, we were chatting with Colin from uh, Style Industries here and the Transit fame, uh, joining us tonight on our Friday night live show. And I welcome you guys that are in right now. We appreciate you guys joining us this evening, having a good time hanging out with Colin and Paul, our, our sound guy. He's joining us from hey. Bertucky and... Colin is joining us from the lovely state of Arizona, where it looks like it's still daylight out. Yeah, we still got a little bit of daylight here. I'm uh, ripping in the Grand Canyon state. (laughs) (laughs) We have adopted your recommendation, if you haven't noticed. You didn't or you did? No, we did. We did. We did. Well, you just put a tag on, but you're not ripping the bitten, are you? you Well, what we did was, so we took... Which one comes first? It doesn't matter at this point. So here's what it is. Wednesday night shows are ripping in the mitten. Okay? So you come hang out Wednesday night. We're ripping in the mitten. That is a Michigan BMX podcast show. Friday night. Those are our Friday night live show. That's by the Michigan BMX podcast show. See what we did right there? Just change it around a little bit. You're so creative. It wasn't me. It was this one right here. And, you know, I appreciate Colin. He uh, sent me a text the other day where he found, what was that, what'd that sticker say again? Oh, dude, it was uh, Smith in the <laughs> Oh, I've seen yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Before. What's that? I said, I've been there before. I've been smitten in the mitten. I well, would, I, the, I would the not first doubt bumper it. stickers well, are. Smitten in the mitten. It's smitten in the mitten. Smitten. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because dude, delivering, you'd be, it's crazy the stuff I see just out there delivering packages and we're in different parts of the valley. That's what we call this place, the valley area, you know, Phoenix, Arizona. And I saw a cigarette that's smitten in the mitten and I'm like, oh, rip it in the mitten would be better, but I guess you can smit in the mitt too. Well, <laughs> just so you know, Colin, uh, the producer. Oh, geez. Look at. There's still a work in progress. There is the die cut for the Michigan podcast show, and she has one that she's made. Where's that one go? We got one that's the hashtag ripping in the mitten. It's. I didn't do that one yet. Oh, she didn't. Oh, you didn't. Oh no! Wait, never mind. She was learning. She was learning how when you start using certain fonts, how much you have to weed out. Oh. Oh yeah. All right. So right now i'm gonna get this uh ticket up there it is so these are the ones she made for all of us here With those amazing Michigan that are colors. on the yeah so there these are the ones yeah. for those that join the show and are part of it there so fun times what were we talking about before we went to commercial break um. oh i know what i wanted to ask you what uh bob sensible what's his story like what's his story i don't know no one does for real I, I really don't know. Like, I remember coming in, Pimpin I met him in the track one time, and he's just off the wall. He's one of those guys that can become your best friend the first time you meet him. I totally he's could really believe this. He's got a high social IQ, but 
he bought like transit race one from me and then i didn't really see him and he was talking and doing whatever and i think we actually talked about duke and neil the first time i met him and uh, <laughs> going back and forth you know and then uh so Bradelak is like, hey, man, do you want to come on this Rail the Berm show? I need another host, blah, 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 blah. And we got going on stuff. And he's in there. He's like, yeah, this is Bobby. You know, Motomag's going to be doing this, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, who the hell's Bobby Motomag? And I realized it was Bob Sensible. So that was kind of my first introduction to, to Bobby Motomag. But I still don't, like I said, one of these days, we're going to be doing Rail the Berm, and Bob's just not going to show up and disappear. He's gonna be like that, like like Carol Baskin's husband. If you if you're watching the her first husband, if you watch the Tiger King. Oh no, not yet, not it's, yet. It's, Some of us haven't yet. Yeah, it's on our to dos. Yeah, everybody was hyping it. It. I mean, here's the thing, right? I'm a BMX kid. I'm BMX. You say you don't say. I've spent three months living in and out of a van, sleeping. <laughs> couches, getting free food here, crazy stuff. So that doesn't really shock me that much. And everybody's like freaking out over this Tiger King. And I'm like, eh, he's basic. Nothing crazy. <laughs> did you but just say basic? You did. But I do find out people that own big cats are whack jobs. Yeah, I've heard that. Just generally speaking. Of whack jobs. You got Carol Baskin. She's a whack job. You got... Joe Exotic, he's a whack job. Jeff, the other dude, Vegas guy, he's a whack job. The other dude out, the, the, the pudgy dude that owns strip clubs, he's a whack job. Is this oh, all from the show? This, this is all from the show, right? Yeah, these guys are all whack jobs. But the movie, like, it built up, built up, built up, and then the end, there was, like, no bang at the end. I was, but I heard there might be a season two. Now, I'll be psyched. If Carol Baskin's husband reappears, and because they kind of left it open of whether or not she fed her husband to the tigers, whether she killed them. Oh, hey, don't be giving, idea. don't be giving stuff away now. <laughs> you watch the show, you'll see it. But she, everybody in that show is a whack job. And the whole time I'm watching it, they're having all these cubs, and I'm thinking like, what happens when they become adult tigers? Like. They're just just big ass tigers, like like Mike Tyson had them. So uh, real quick, I got this pulled up. That's not true. That Mike Tyson did not have a tiger. That was all fabricated from the Hangover people. I don't know. I don't know either. (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute. It's and again, a perfect example of it's not what you know, it's how you say it. So look, here's the current front runner for the uh, Michigan Podcast logo, logo contest. And this has been submitted by, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, I'm Gretchen. 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 Yeah, this was submitted by Gretchen, our, our governor, to the Michigan Podcast Show for the, you know, Draw Your Best Michigan BMX Podcast Show logo. So there you have it. <laughs> you got it? Yeah. yeah, it's on TV. Dude, there was nothing funny about this. <laughs> let us, I mean, let, let me have like it, I Paul. Let me have it. I thought more about it and realized that there was nobody's actual name on it. It I was, it, but it I was, was kind of funny. I was sick to my stomach worried for a minute oh. because, you know, I'm a law-abiding citizen, you know, and, like, it is what it is, man. 
<laughs> so so I put this gay tiger owner. No. So I put this in our in our chat that we have for the show here. Like that's where we let everybody know like you're coming on, what time to join. And it took it took our IT guy Charlie about three seconds to figure out this is total bullshit. Uh, and then then our video guy, Jason He's like he, he was, was a little he was a little bit on the fringe, just a tad on the fringe. He's like, wait a minute. He's like, are you good with Photoshop? That was the message I got from him, and I'm like, no. And Paul literally was like, what the hell's going on here? What is going on here? Yeah, and that was uh, so. Charlie commented in our in our chat. He said, so is this the first? Uh, <laughs> He said Gretchen's the winner. Gretchen's the winner for the coloring contest for the podcast <laughs> show. <laughs> There's our front runner right now. Thank you, Charlie, because I laughed until I almost cried. Oh, man. Do we got any questions? Mm, what do we got? Skywalker any? says that Alice Bixler is watching. <laughs> Alice is watching? Uh-oh. Who's that, Uh-oh. Colin? Fill us in. Fill us in. Don't hold Alice secrets. All right. Good. I mean, good description. She is the SSA. She's everything Florida. She's everything BMX. So I gotta, I gotta dress up and look nice if Alice is, is watching right now. Yeah, get your shit together. Alice, love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. I know we butted heads a lot throughout the years. Oh, I know who this is now from just listening to Rail the Berm. Yeah. I did. A, I did. I did a uh, watch Meduzi on her. Collins Kool Aid on her. Yes. Yep. What Meduzi? That's what it's called. <laughs> Don't judge, Paul. Don't judge. <laughs> well, that that seemed like it was veering from the PG. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Alice is very, very G, very kid friendly. She used Florida BMX. I mean, she, she, she's one of the most instrumental people in B. Uh, put it to you this way, right? Two thousand and two. ABA was going to purchase the NBL in 2002. Everything's worked out. Everything's going on. Before they make the, the, the decision to purchase the NBL, Clayton John, CEO of the ABA, doesn't fly to Ohio. Talking about the he flies to Florida to have a sit-down talk with Alice Bixler, basically saying, Alice, we're about to buy the NBL. Are you going to be cool with that? Because if you're not cool with that, we'll pull the plug. Like, that's how powerful Alice Bixler was. That's how anybody found out in 2002 that the ABA was going to purchase the NBL. Because they knew, like, hey, we're about to drop a couple million dollars buying the NBL, and we want to make sure that we'll be able to keep our investment, so we're going to go talk to Alice. And a follow-up story on that, I was in the ABA grants in about 07, packing up after a long weekend talking to Kirk from JNR and Kirk goes you know the ABA was going to buy the NBL for a couple million bucks a few years ago give them a couple more years they'll get them for free it's like he knew he was a soothsayer well he knew because he had dealt with the NBL his whole life and he's dealt with the ABA and he sees a night day difference and he's like right. NBL's going down the tubes and ABA basically got the NBL for nothing I mean, they paid some money. No, it, it was wasn't. Yeah, on the dollar compared to what they were going to pay in two thousand and two. All right, so we are rapidly approaching the ten o'clock hour, and I tell you, uh, I've had a great time. But before we get out of here, 
I got to bring some trivia your way because you are the 10 terabyte hard drive of BMX knowledge, oh. correct? Oh, pressure's on now. Pressure's on All right. now. I, we need Danny Booby here. Uh, Australia? Yeah, his last name is Booby. It is, yes. Yep, and those of you yeah, that are... my butt. Yep. Unknown pro trivia. He was, I think, the only one, right? Yeah, he's the only one. Well, old Nico 9 remix Nick Skyway Nick would win. Skyway. But it was just because... They made the last question worth everything, and he was the yes. guesser. He would just get the ones. But overall, he couldn't hang. All right. So here's our trivia. Those of you still hanging out with us in the chat, you are welcome to play. We are going to give away absolutely nothing. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. First question. Are you ready? We are talking amateurs. All right. Not pros. Amateurs. And we're going to fly over into the NBL seg section. Amateur number one woman, 1984, hailing from the Mitten State. 1984, how young? What do you mean, how young? Number one girl? Number oh, one girl. Tedesco? Uh, Am- Who? Tedesco? Oh, she came from Michigan. Kathy. Nope. Come on. You're thinking you're thinking too hard. It's a, it's this easy. A recent oh, induction into the USA BMX Hall of Fame. Skywalker's got an answer too. Recent induction to the USA BMX Hall of Fame 1984 number 1 so amateur girl woman. Here we go. Are you ready? First yeah. name's Debbie. With it, none of Debbie them got Kelso, it right. Debbie Kelso. Yes, it is. <clears throat> Debbie Kelso, 1984 amateur number one NBL rider. You had... I was going to say Debbie Kelso, but I always think of her living out here, but maybe she did live in. I did talk to her. Tough no, I said she hailed. She came from Michigan. Well, in 84, she still would have been Michigan. Yeah. But yeah. I was she... kind of thinking that. And something was telling me it was her, but. I know her. She actually ran the. Her parents ran the Chandler BMX track for a little while. Yep. Back in the. And they ran the. They they ran the uh, original Lansing track. So, uh, we will only do one more Michigan biased, <laughs> Michigan biased question for you. Uh, let me find that one here. Um, where did she go? Hang on. I think that this one will probably be a lot easier for you. Ooh, Moto had it. Who did? Bobby Moto Mag? Of course he did. I, I, they, I think they might have been on the same team at one point. Something yeah, says he also had it right. While you're looking, Chris yeah, there was Beer a few had it right. No, Chris would have. Jay Kearns had it right. I was Todd actually said thinking right. about Debbie Kelso, but I something something told me I just think of her as Arizona. But okay, Michigan bias. Come on. I, yeah, and I said it was going to be absolutely. So, uh, next uh, next rider here, uh, we'll stay in the female category. She uh, hailing from Michigan, actually out of Westland, which has the sweetest pump track in Michigan at the time. Uh, <clears throat> had some of the most unique nicknames, such as Swell Mel. She captured the number one female title in 1991 under the NBL uh, name. Coming from Michigan, 
You got a guess yet? I knew you would. That's why I backed off. Because that was oh. her other nickname. Yeah, because I was thinking Melanie Klein. Mel, okay. Klein. Yeah, I was thinking you got it. Queen. I know her because I watched her interview a bunch of times because she won the Worlds in 87. Yep. Had the video. My early transit. Yep. I knew, I knew you'd name. I was about to say Speed Queen before you started even answering the, asking the question. Yeah, I knew you'd. I knew you'd I, I, Lots of people had that one. Yeah, well, Speed Queen is going to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Let me do one more here for you. Uh, here is a, uh, this one's going to be the one that might throw you off just a tad. Um, <clears throat> well, maybe not. So we're going to go in the general, the general pool, but we're going to keep it in the OG uh, NBL area. So uh, let's say we're just going to pick a year and see if you can throw us the name of the pro. This is the pro that won that year this is the male pro that would have won that year it's uh let's say 2004 oh four would have been transit five which would have been kyle bennett right on right on my man it's uh, that's why they call him kyle bennett on the cover of the of that video a it was an awesome picture from south park and B, it is it, 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 yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. So, I always have to go back because I did two videos a year, but Transit Race 3 was 2003. So, I always got to back up to three and then five and then seven and then nine. So, that would have been 03, 04, 05, 06. But Transit Race 3 just happened to be in 2003. All right. So, we're going to go here. We got, uh, let's go. Let's go here. So uh, we're going to go back a little ways for you. What do you got? We'll go to, let's say it was a good year, great year at Waterford Oaks this year. 1994, the number one pro in NBL. Oh, in the NBL? Yeah, in the NBL. Oh, I, I thought you were getting ready to go world there. No. It should have been Big Gear David Milham, but it wasn't. He could have won his rookie year. It was the Lumberjack. It and is. when the Lumberjack was given away and signing autographs, the Sweet Brothers, which happened before Style Man, were up in the bleachers throwing T-shirts in the crowd. <laughs> while, while people were like, hey, Alice is over there signing autographs, brand new champ. Sweet Brothers throwing t-shirts in the crowd. Kids are fighting over it. They run out of t-shirts to throw out, and the kids wanted more. So Rob and Jeff both took their jerseys off, which was a long sleeve t-shirt, rubbed it on their underarms, <laughs> tossed them in the crowd. Kids were drawing blood fighting for them. Now, 1994, Columbus Grant. All right, real quick. Tell, tell everybody what uh, Sweet Brothers is. It's it is hard to explain what this as quick as we can was. We were a group of dudes that loved BMX that didn't care about it and just went to have a good time. And in the NBL '94, '95, '93, we were like the most popular team out there. We All were right. definitely the crowd favorite, and we didn't really have anybody that could win any mains except for maybe Jeff Dean. And what we used to do is kids always wanted to be on the team and we would always mess around with them. And we would ask kids like, Hey, this is our, this is our question. Hey, can you wear the same pair of underwear 
for two weeks without changing it. And of course, kids would be like, hell no. Well, you can't be on the team. So that year at the Florida State Championship, <laughs> they always did a highlight. They used to do a highlight slideshow. Right. Where they had, you have to hear Tom Eisorg. Remember Tom Eisorg? I do. Yep. They do a slideshow with music, and of course, Queen always got played. What song? I ride my bicycle. Another one bites the dust. <laughs> um, we are the champions, and we will rock you. So Queen always got played every year. But in '94, they did a video. Oh. And in the video, they asked another guy that wanted to be on the Sweet Brothers. They asked him, and actually, Spanky Gravenmeyer wrote for the Sweet Brothers on a Florida chapter. Get out of here! He got on going way back, and he was in the background like a ten-year-old kid. And they asked the guy, like, what would it take? And he goes, can you wear the same pair of underwear for two weeks without changing it? And the camera guy, like, shakes the camera back and forth. No. <laughs> so the next week, I got put up at the award ceremony. The next week, my guy, Lewis, down in West Palm, you get parent comes up to him and is like, dude, you got to help me out. You got to talk to my kid. My eight-year-old kid won't change his underwear. <laughs> <laughs> That's how big the Sweet Brothers were. Eight-year-old kids like I'm not changing my underwear because I want to be a sweetheart. All right, so I got a, I got, I got a, I got a twofer. Are you ready for this one? We're gonna go to, we're gonna go to ABA. All right, so we're really, really gonna test the 10 terabyte hard drive. In 1982, the national number one amateur woman from Michigan. That's the first part of the question. All right, second part. 2016 national amateur number one woman also hailing from Michigan. So 1982 first part 2016 second part. And let's see the hey, chat light up. And one of those grands, 2016. Yeah. Is that Alita Beeman? Boom! No. He brings it with Alita Beeman for the first or the second part. Yeah, she was in third going last turn. Yep. Two other girls, like all three were for the title. They crashed and she, she yep. She is a uh she's a one of Steve Dyer's track there in Lansing. She's one of the uh locals from there. Shout out to her dad. He uh ex uh ex DJ guy himself. Jay and I Chris think, I think Alita and I might be Facebook friends, I'm not yeah. sure. She's still killing it right uh, now. I'm thinking... 1982. I have no Jeopardy music to play. This is the U.S. Dude, this would be oh, ABA. Didn't Marla Brady win Girls Cruiser one year? Well, this is just girls, not cruisers. Yeah. I, I I give up. I, I can't tell you. Well, it was a trick question. You answered it already. In 1984, this young lady won in the NBL with the number one girl. That would be Debbie... Again, Debbie Kelso. Okay. Yeah, she won in '82 under the uh, ABA. Now we'll throw out these here for you. Uh, this is uh, we're going to go up to the pro classes for you, and because you know, as you've said many, many times before, ABA did a hell of a lot better job uh, archiving their stuff than. Uh, oh hell yeah! So, in 19, uh, what year were we? 2009. The last pro number one cruiser man. In ABA. Yeah, it wasn't very noble. No. It was Danny Kellogg, no? Yes, sir, Danny Kellogg. Yeah. Now, but the thing is, 
Noble shit. So you ain't got Google next to you, dude? Who? No. This is why he's a 10 terabyte hard drive. I got it. I got to use Google. Amazing. <laughs> no, he yeah. is. He knows this I mean, stuff. We had the Danny Kellogg was on a Noel Pro trivia question. I remember yeah. it from that. Uh, Who was the last ever pro elite women or elite cruiser world champion? World, ooh, world. That was a good question. No, no, for, for men though. Oh, elite world champion cruiser on the men's side because they they did away with the Wait, class. Wasn't it? Uh, wasn't that? Uh, wasn't that Levesque? No, Who, do, it was no. Brazilian. Um, last U. No, wait. So that'd be the last world champion men cruiser, pro cruiser. I think it was like probably eleven or twelve. Yeah. Who do we got? What are they saying? Craig says Jason Richardson. Uh, Richardson won in ninety four. Ooh. Edwards. He won at Waterford. That was that yeah. was the first year game. But yeah, two. It was uh, Renato Resente from. Yeah. Okay. Right. That was on a note bro question that Bradalak asked me. I'm like, he, I remember Brad goes, that. I should have remembered it. Brad goes deep though. He goes way, way beyond my knowledge base, man. Well, he he researches and does whatever. He doesn't know all that stuff, but I mean, I got 2007 elite cruiser champion could have been Danny Calvog, but he got beat by a South American in the worlds. In the world championship, yeah. Victoria, Canada. He's a guy that some people think should have been the 2019 Vet Pro champion. Vet Pro 2000. Oh no! Oh, uh, wait, yeah, he uh, pimped Tyler Brown in the corner. Come on, Tito Jonathan Suarez. Suarez won in 2007. Dude, that was a legit move. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> I'm still mad about that. Uh, a lot of people are. So I it, threw a nerf ball at my TV. <laughs> don't. Well, I got to say though, Suarez won like the first six races of the year. So yeah, he did. Fire under the mosquitoes' ass. He 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 was killing it this year. So here's a here's a quick question. 1994. Uh, this is for our guy. Uh, those still hanging out in our chat with us, and you guys, uh, Colin, you're gonna know this right away. You almost answered it earlier. 1994. Waterford Oaks is home of the world champions the pro winner of that does anyone know who the pro winner rode for what company did that man ride for gt try again anybody in our chat yet 1994 world's champion in pro class what bike team did he ride for it was GT, wasn't it? It uh, was not GT. It yeah, wasn't Gary. It was. not Gary. Story, right? Hang on, we got it. We got Was it? Who said that? Jake Kearns. Kearns got it. It's Powerlight. It was part of the firm, Paul. It was Powerlight. Yeah, I'm sure his check still came from sure GT. What's that? What's that, Colin? So, so 1989. I started racing December of '88. I turned pro or I turned expert mid August of nineteen eighty-nine. So like two weeks before the Grands. I'm like, I got intermediate head, I'm like, screw it, I'll go to the Grands, I can make the main, whatever. You know, not realizing that this is experts, a whole new ball game. I was fifteen years old. So I read the moto sheet, da 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 da. I'm like, okay, Jody Levis back, he's fast, he'll probably win, I can probably get second behind him. 
So I'm loading into the to the staging lane, and there's some dude that looks like a linebacker, like pretty style looking dude in the state of my staging lane. So I roll up to him like, hey, uh, what moto are you in? He goes, 56. And I'm like, oh, damn, that's my moto. <laughs> I got to race this dude full Robinson gear with Thunder Dan Nelson. Thunder. That was my introduction to Thunder Dan. I'm like, uh-oh. Also, in that moto, I had Jimmy LeVan. Ah, the he his yeah. sister still races. His sister still races, and she's still a ripper. Yeah, still races, but so it was, it was 89 grand, and we had eight-man motos. And I remember the first moto, I was in like fourth in the first turn and got high load by two dudes, went back to six just like that. Like, whoa, that was my wake up to expert call. Second moto, I'm in seventh, going second turn. Jimmy, Le- or I'm in eighth. Jimmy LeVan's in seventh, so he goes high to try to rail. And I picked Jimmy LeVan for seventh place in the second moto. <laughs> and if those of you that don't know, Jimmy LeVan went on to be an amazing an amazing street ramp, dirt, anything you put in front of that man. One of the best, probably most prolific uh, video parts ever made uh, was uh, Road Fools, where he jumped the uh, Austin Church gap, man. Just, if you haven't saw that, it is, it's... Actually, they did a video. They like, did. The yes. They did a Jimmy LeVan, yep. what was it fast pull up or something uh yeah yep yeah and uh because he was i was yeah he he was in a pretty bad accident and uh you know he's still uh i got a couple friends that are pretty close with him he's still he's still working his way back to normal from that head injury but uh definitely worth checking out the the if you don't own the props videos go get the uh first uh the you gotta own there is sort of the necessity, much like Collins Transit videos. Get the Road Fools, man. They are just awesome. Uh, great time, good times. But, uh, you know, I hate to wrap it up. We've been on now for two hours. Uh, thank you yeah, for... I know. We'll do it again. Uh, I, I wanted to let the people know that did stick uh, through the whole show. We are gonna get debbie on uh so we have i've been talking with her we're gonna get debbie on here she's a huge uh you know she's a big time name from michigan so we are working to get her on we're probably gonna have to move to a saturday show so for those of you that have been saying and messaging and emailing me like hey get debbie on we are gonna get debbie on i've been working with her she she uh she works monday through friday out in california so with the time delay it's really hard to get her on so we're probably going to do a special saturday show i mean she is a hall of famer so we will do that and colin i want to tell you uh thanks so much melissa thanks for running the chat tonight Mm -hmm. our producer uh laura thank you for setting and being so patient for your ice cream paul i appreciate it Colin, thank you, and everybody that hung out with us tonight in our chat. You guys make it worth our while. We appreciate it. Uh, We'll see you guys soon. Uh, Wednesday night, we have uh, our friends over at Magic on, so make sure you're there. Uh, Join us Wednesday, 8 o'clock. It's going to be a great show. Again, Colin, thank you so much for joining us. It's it's always a pleasure. Bobby Sensible, I better see you in the morning at Mesa Bike Park. Come on. Well, I mean, he's been chatting this whole time. He, he's killing me. In the, stuff, so. He's killing us in the chat. And, and again, Bob, thanks for joining us. We're going to get you on real soon, Bobby. Uh, we, we need you on here, man. Uh, it's always a good time. Again, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, all, those, all, the, all of you guys at home, thanks again. Colin, one last time. Thank you, Paul. Again, thanks, Melissa, yeah, everybody. Thank you. It was nice talking with you, Colin. Yeah, Paul, right up. All right. 
We're signing out tonight. Don't forget coloring contest. Get them in to the uh, Michigan Podcast Show. Get them in any way you can. Again, we appreciate you guys for joining us this evening. It was our time, our pleasure. We'll see you guys again soon. Have a good night. Stay safe. Bye. <laughs>